Hey everyone, husband here. And I'm wife. If you've been listening to us, then you know we're all about reading the Bible and reacting to it on our first read-through. Cuss words, crying, laughing, and more. We're passionate about creating a podcast that takes the sanctity out of the sacred text and simply stating it as we see it. But we can't do it without your help. We're asking for your support to help us keep this podcast going. There are two ways you can donate. Text SACDIS, that's S-A-C-D-I-S, to 53. 555 if you're in the U.S. with a one-time donation. Any amount helps. Or if you'd rather start a sustaining membership, sign up on our Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash sacrilegious discourse. Membership levels start as low as $2 a month. We are amazed and grateful for our fans that support us now, and you can become one too. With your support, we can keep sacrilegious discourse alive and well for years to come. So please donate today. Text SACDIS to 53555 if you're in the U.S. Or sign up for our Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash sacrilegious discourse. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Welcome to Sacrilegious Discourse. I'm husband. And I'm wife. Together we're reading the Bible for the very first time. We grew up without religion and wanted to know what all the fuss was about. Well, what have we learned so far? That God is a dick, and apparently some people believe in talking donkeys? We're not trying to pass ourselves off as experts. Nope, we're just reading the Bible for the first time and giving our first take reaction. If you'd like to join us in this venture, you might consider starting at episode one. Otherwise, jump in wherever you like. All right, let's go read the Bible. Yeah, let's get to it. Hey wife, did you know that Anchor is sponsoring our show? Really? Don't we use Anchor to distribute our podcast on Spotify and Apple Podcasts? Yeah, and we are on just about every other platform available as well, thanks to them. Why do we use Anchor as our podcasting service? Well, they make editing and distributing our show a breeze. What if one of our listeners wants to start their own podcast? Then they should head over to anchor.fm or download the app to get started. Awesome! You guys should go do that right now! Husband! Wife! 
Do you remember what happened on Friday? I cheated. I went back and looked a little bit. What? Sort of. I just glanced at it. But what? it was like it was like David was doing the same shit he'd been doing. He's been getting crowned king and mm-hmm. he was killing Philistines and shit like that. And he captured Zion. Yeah, that one. That's because we had to discuss what Zion was in the um yeah. the Q and A. So yeah. yeah. And then sorry I cheated. And then he, he had more children. Yeah, they just popped. I mean, he was popping them out left and right. Well, his girls were. Yeah, we don't even know how many people he's married to now because it said there was new wives, mm-hmm. but they didn't mention who any of the fucking new wives were. Are they important? They're just vessels. That's what um, the Scotus has told me. I don't know. Somebody told me that they're looking forward to when we meet one of his wives, Bathsheba. So right. I, keep, I keep in my mind. I'm like, when's Bathsheba coming in? You said Beth, but it's Bath. Bathsheba. Bathsheba. Bath. Like take a bath. Sorry. Bathsheba. I'm just listening to the story here. I'm not reading it, so I don't get to see the words. You know. I know. I'm just telling you. I know you're telling me. But even if we do now, meet- I got it. Bathsheba. But even if we do meet Bathsheba and find out she's awesome, at the end of the day, according to SCOTUS, women are merely vessels for carrying babies. And the reason that they want babies is not because babies are awesome, because um, otherwise, you know, we would have an awesome, like, um, maternity and paternity time off and lots of care for children and health care for the mom and the children. But no, we don't have all that. So it's just for us to keep popping out babies that we can't afford to have to create this dumbed down, stupid fucking workforce for them. Because did you hear that Amazon is running out of people to exploit? No, I did not hear that. Oh my God. I heard this in a news podcast. Mm -hmm. There was an internal memo leaked that said that they are running out of resources to exploit resources being fucking people they need a bigger workforce so let's pop out more babies as fast as possible so that amazon can have a fucking workforce okay well now that you went on for like an hour i'm gonna just say one more thing here okay before we go into the next chapter or before we go into the reading of the bible Mm -hmm. i'm gonna say um just for the record here at sacrilegious discourse Fuck at least six of the SCOTUS. Right, right, yes. Fuck, fuck them. Those, those six in particular. Those six in particular. Right. Also, this is coming out on July fourth, which is American Independence Day. Oh yeah. Day, and I'm not feeling it this year, y'all. Right. I'm no, pretty w- fucking angry and irate. I do not feel patriotic. I'm not proud to be an American. Um, some fucking motorcycle guys just rode through town blasting a fucking radio that was playing god bless texas and you know what fuck texas i (laughs) lived there so i can say fuck texas yeah they probably didn't live in texas no they didn't they lived in fucking ohio they've probably never even been out of the state possibly out of the, the the metro area i'm betting just saying i'm betting fucking redneck piece of shit anyways okay you're on rare form today i am not a happy person right now all right well what are we reading today okay that was me going off after second samuel chapter five today we are reading second samuel chapter six all right let's go read it we're gonna go read it now Okay, 2 Samuel chapter 6. Okay. David goes to bring the ark. What? David goes to bring the ark. 
I'm interested. I don't know what's I happening. I don't know what this is about, but I'm interested. Well, doesn't he already Wait, wait, have wait. This the is Ark? the Ark of the Covenant? Or this is probably the Ark of the Covenant. I thought, yeah. for like in my mind when he said Ark, I was thinking like Moses' Ark. I'm like, you mean well, Noah's go. Ark? That's what I meant, yeah. Oh my I God. always get Noah and Moses confused. Always. I get those guys confused except for if the word Ark is mentioned, then I know it's Noah's Ark. I don't know. My mind just didn't didn't uh, work there. So. But no, yeah, they're not talking about Noah's Ark, and they're definitely not talking about Moses. But the, it's Ark, the, of the Ark of the Covenant. Okay, that makes yeah. more sense. But it's just yeah. it. It's like it's been hundreds of years, and this is like, you know, like we're 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 hundreds of years after Joshua, and mm-hmm. this is the first mention of the Ark since Joshua. That's not true. It's not. No, they talked about the Ark um, being in. Um, judah or something and it was stolen and then they brought it back and that was right after joshua though that was still in the time of uh whatever like right after joshua wasn't that in the time of samuel i'm pretty sure that was in the time of samuel okay i thought that was in first samuel that that happened really yeah Okay. I mean, well, I could be wrong, but I could be wrong too. I I don't I don't know. Well, I, you I'm guys prob- are. I probably am wrong. You guys are better at um, keeping us straight. So let us know um, on Twitter if. Yeah. Which? What? When did? When did this dark get stolen? Because yeah. I can't remember exactly what. And uh, they they brought it back with wandering cows. Remember? Yeah. I'm pretty sure that was First Samuel. Well, I'm looking it up after the podcast too because I'm okay. curious. So. Okay. Well, you guys let us know also. Right. Okay. So let's read this. Yeah. Then. David again gathered all the elite troops in Israel, 30,000 in all. That's a lot of That's troops. a lot of troops, yeah. Normally they only need like 300 to defeat their mm-hmm. enemies or some stupid shit. But he did kill his 10,000s. Right. So, yeah. I mean, he can have as many as he wants. I guess. He led them to Bala, Bala, Baala, I don't know. Sure. Bala of Judah to bring back the ark of god which bears the name of the lord of heaven's armies who is enthroned between the cherubim. Huh. Okay. That that god got So it. like literally god sits on the ark of the covenant? That's what they're saying. That's interesting. Mhm. Between the cherubim. Yeah. Which that's also so hear me out here. Okay. Because we were talking about in one of the Q&As that um actually it was the one about Zion. So Zion mm-hmm. Um, is also known in the New Testament as, like... Heaven. Heaven, basically, right? Mm-hmm. So, literally, God is sitting on a throne in heaven. Mm-hmm. Like, they're going to... That's that's what this is... Like, if you look at it from the perspective of they're taking... They're, they're saying heaven in the New Testament versus this is heaven on earth, essentially. Mm-hmm. That there's the throne right there in heaven, essentially. Got it. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's... A stretch, but I'm just saying, like, like that's... the equivalency. Yeah, yeah. If if we were reading this with the New Testament in mind, which we haven't read yet, so we're not supposed to. Right, right. But I'm just saying, if we are imagining that God is throned on the fucking Ark of the Covenant, mm-hmm. and He's in Zion, and Zion is heaven in that the New Testament, true. then that is that's true. interesting. That's okay, all. Okay, I see that. That's a good stretch. It's a, yeah, yeah. I'm just it's decent. I'm, I'll, I'm making I'll allow some connections it. that I have no idea about. I'm just throwing it out there. I'll allow it because I'm sure Christians have done that. Sure, I mean they make up all kinds of shit. So. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they take a connect the dot, and by the time you're done with it, it's not even a picture that was what the original was drawn. Right, right. It's an entirely different. Like if the connect the dot was a cat, 
by the time they get done with it, it's a fucking house with a barn and a horse. Right. And you're like, how the hell? Yeah. They placed the Ark of God on a new cart and brought it from Abinadab's house. Wasn't Abinadab... Abinadab just had it in his house? Wasn't Abinadab... That's one of Saul's kids, right? I don't know. I think so. But he just had it in his house. He had it in his house. Huh. Which was on a hill. Okay. His house, the house on the hill. But the ark, which is sitting in some dude's house. I mean, okay, it's not like a house like our house. It's going to be like a big old like villa estate thing. I mean, that's you know? what you're imagining. Yeah. It could just be a mud hut that's enough room to sleep one person, and he's got that in the fucking ark sitting over there. He's like, God damn, I'm taking up my my pillow space over there. I'm sure if he had the ark, that it was a decent digs. Okay. That's my impression. All right. Uzzah and Ahio, Abinadab's sons were guiding the cart that carried the Ark of God. Ohio, not Ohio, Ohio. Right. It's interesting to me that they are not calling it the Ark of the Covenant, though. Yeah. It's the Ark of God. or, or Is that yeah. what they're saying, the Ark of God? Um. The, yeah, the Ark of God. That's really interesting. Yeah. I wonder if there's something in that, like, why they changed right. the language again out from under us. Yeah. They were guiding the cart that carried the Ark of God. Ohio walked in front of the Ark. David and all the people of Israel were celebrating before the Lord, singing songs and playing all kinds of musical instruments. Lyres, harps, tambourines, castanets, and cymbals. Sounds like a good old time. Boom, boom, boom. It's like a, it's like a um, New Orleans street party when they got the oh, art behind them. badass, yeah. Yeah. But when they arrived at the threshing floor, oh, we know oh. about those flesh threshing floors. <laughs> I, I don't. Well, I mean, there was maybe just the threshing party, like a little threshing orgy or something. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But when they arrived at the threshing floor of Nacon, the oxen stumbled. Oh no! And Uzzah reached out his hand and steadied the Ark of God. Oh, thank something. No, I bet that's bad. He fucking touched it with his hand. He's gonna, he's gonna get burned because it's got that radiation. He's gonna shit. melt like in Indiana Jones. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Then the Lord's anger was aroused against Uzzah. See? Oh, man. But he was just trying to steady it, man. Well, he shouldn't have fucking touched what did, it. What did he get? Let it fall. He's, what the fuck? No, no, no. <laughs> this is bullshit. This is bullshit, and he knows it. God's stupid. Yeah, no, I totally agree. Like, no. It's it's like how a flag is not supposed to drape on the floor. So, like, if you did, like, a slide into first base to make sure that you slid in under it to catch it before it... Um, drags on the floor, yeah. and then the flag gets pissed off that you touched it, and it's like, but did you want to touch the floor instead? <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, what they found is fucking uranium. Mm, that could be. I mean, that was what the... It had to be. It, that could be. They all fucking get boils and shit, and like they're melting when look they fucking what, touch look this Look what shit. happens. Okay. God struck them dead because of this. Damn. He was just trying to steady it. Oh, my God. So Uzzah died right there beside the Ark of God. That's I hate, really stupid. I hate this god. This what the god fuck was he supposed to do? Let it drop, I guess. I guess, but that's really dumb. But then they would have got. They all would have gotten in trouble for letting it right, drop. Right, right. There's like literally no reason to kill this guy. No, none. That, not that they've given. No. That was that was the dumbest one of the dumbest reasons I've seen Besides so far. Picking up sticks on the wrong day. That's why or I qualified eating one of honey the, or lighting the wrong fire. Mm -hmm. Yeah. David was angry because the Lord's anger had burst out against Uzzah. He named that place Perez Uzzah, which means to burst out against Uzzah, as it Whoa. is still called to this, this day. Da David was angry David was at mad. God. He was like, fuck you, my my dude. And God let David be angry at him? Um, but well, he killed Uzzah for trying to steady the fucking ark. Yeah. 
So now, sounds, sounds to me like some shit happened, mm-hmm. and dude got killed, and they blamed it on God mm-hmm. for some reason. I don't know why, but they blamed it on God because it had to do with the ark. And then, and then. So David's mad. Let me let me read you yeah, the next okay, sentence. Okay, okay, all right. David was now afraid of the Lord because you know he got pissed. If he off. was afraid, then why would he be mad at him? If you were no, afraid, he's afraid of him because he got mad. Oh, okay, all right. So. Okay, here's what happened. So Uzzah accidentally touched the thing to try to make it not fall on the yeah, ground, right. right? Yeah. God said, "Fuck you for touching me." Boom, you're dead. And then God or David was like, "Oh my God, God, that was so mean." And I'm, then he was like, he put his hand over his mouth, like, oh, "Did I really say that out you know, loud?" In no, God's scared. defense, I just gotta say this because you can't see the dude, right? Right. Maybe when Uzzah went to go study the ark, he actually punched. God in the nuts. <gasps> I'm just be. saying, like you know, be. as far we as we weren't there, and he just reacted, you know, like smote him right there because he's like, "Fuck you." If you had that kind of power and somebody kicked I you mean, in the nuts, might you? It could be an accident, them? you know, like okay. it could have been an accidental smiting. An accidental spite because smiting. he got punched in the nuts by Uza. That's fair. You know, I'm just That's saying. Fair. If we're gonna go with that route, it could have been an accident. It could have you know, been an accident. Nut punch. Right. Right. That's all. I'm just I, saying. That's fair. Okay. okay. Yeah. So David's now afraid of the Lord because he was. You know, he dared to be pissed at Right, him. yeah. And he asked, how can I ever bring the Ark of the Lord back into my care? Right, because now you might get, Ooh, you know, in trouble. You're going to get cursed, boy. Yeah. So David decided not to move the Ark of the Lord into the city of David. Oh. Instead, he took it to the house of Obed-Edom of Gath. Okay. The Ark of the Lord remained there in Obed-Edom's house for three months. And the Lord bre- blessed Obed Adam and his entire household. Well, that's good. I'm, I'm, I guess I'm glad God blessed that. And guy. in this three months, David didn't decide to just ask God if he was, you know, cool. Because he talked we, to God a lot. God, are you know? we good? Yeah, we good? right. Wouldn't you just be like, "Are we all right, dude?" Uh, you hurt my feelings when you killed that guy. I'm sorry, I got mad at you. Right? Can we, can we be good now? It's not like God doesn't know you're mad right? at them, right? Right. So, wouldn't you just like try to clear the air if you can talk to him? If I could talk to God, I would sure as hell try to clear the air. I would ask a lot of questions. Well, yeah, that, that too, that too. But I'm just saying, like, if I was, if I thought I was in trouble, I'd try to clear the air. Right. Like, what, what's, what's up, man? Yeah. So next section. Yeah. Okay. The ark brought to Jerusalem. Okay. Okay. So here we go. Yep. Then King David was told, "The Lord has blessed Obed-Edom's household and everything he has because of the ark of God." So we can't let it stay there. We got that blessing shit over here. I need man. the blessings, right? So David went there and brought the ark of God from the house of Obed-Edom to the city of David with a great celebration. Okay. I'm a, I'm gonna take this blessing now, and you can celebrate. Yeah. Yay! I get the blessings. I bet the dude that got it taken from him. Obed-Ed- he's like, um, Ob- I, I'm. I'm good. You guys can just leave it here. Yeah, yeah. Like I, I have no beef with it being in my right. garage. Right, it seems to be going well. You right. Know? After the men who were carrying the ark of the Lord had gone six steps, David sacrificed a bull and a fattened calf, and David danced before the Lord with all his might, wearing a priestly garment. Six. Si- uh, okay. He's like six steps. Six steps. Like in total, in total, like six left the steps. house, walked six steps, and then he and then was like, "Hang on, animals. hang on, we got to sacrifice and you gotta dance." You got to do this every six steps. Uh, all I it's can be think, a long fucking okay, trip. Okay, so you're you're caught up on the steps. What I was thinking is, remember in the movie Footloose when that guy was like, "Dancing is evil," but yeah. like these people dance all through the Old Testament. Yeah, they also marry a shit ton of people too. No, I'm just saying, and have like, abortions and all kinds of no, crap. Yeah, I know, I know. I'm just saying. I know, like. 
it, it was a stupid thing to pick as as with many right, right. points it it was a stupid one to pick out because sure. they they all dance right so footloose was based on people being dumb yeah people just choose what they want to I mean, they. You can pick it. You can make the Bible say whatever the fuck you want it to it's say. It's so true. So I mean, th- that's that's true. the real truth of the matter. Mm-hmm. So. So David and all the people of Israel brought up the Ark of the Lord with shouts of joy and the blowing of ram's horns. But as the Ark of the Lord entered the city of David, Uh-oh. Michael, the daughter of Saul, oh yeah, looked down from her window. When she saw King David leaping and dancing before the Lord, she was filled with contempt for him. Why? Well, I don't know. It's interesting. I don't understand. I don't either. Why I is she mad at him? That God was, you know, God. Yeah. So why? why would anybody be mad that he's trying to appease and please God? I mean, basically, he's dancing on please, don't be mad at me. Right? Yeah. I love you so fucking much, God. <laughs> maybe, maybe he didn't do any of that dancing and stuff to her. Maybe he just, like, you know, mm. slaps her around and says, cook me some dinner. <laughs> and she's like, fuck woman. you. Look at all that shit you're doing for that God guy. And then you're not doing shit for me. And then me. you're like, woman, make me a sandwich. Right, yeah. They brought the Ark of the Lord and set it in its place inside the special tent David had prepared for it. Okay. They, they pitched a tent. <laughs> <laughs> and David sacrificed burnt offerings and peace offerings to the Lord. I thought that the only, like according to, um, was it Exodus or what was it? Um or maybe it was Leviticus, when they were building the ark or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. I thought that the only place that the ark was supposed to be housed was in the um, tabernacle. The tabernacle. <laughs> yeah, there yeah. it is. Uh, but, like, that was, like, specifically the only place it was supposed to be housed. Mm-hmm. And now it's in people's houses, and they're, maybe, build, they're, they're building the tents. Okay, and, wait. Maybe it's still in the tabernacle, and then the tabernacle is inside the house and the tent and the garage and the living room. I call bullshit because the fucking tabernacle was like a place of worship just about. So, right, right. Like, I don't I don't think that's the case. But I mean, now, I again, they haven't specifically said not, but I would think that the tabernacle would get a mention if it was there. True, but... Because it was a pretty big fucking deal. But they were traveling with the tabernacle. That leads me to believe that the tabernacle is movable, therefore... Being movable, it probably can fit inside. Like, when they say tent, I don't think they mean, like, a backyard little, you know, camper tent. I right. think that they mean, like, a housey tent. But still, I think the tabernacle would get a mention. Maybe. Maybe not. I'm just, you know. I mean, they don't. I, I would like to know what happened to the tabernacle. They don't always say the obvious things. But I want to know, I mean? know what happened to like, the tabernacle. Like, if we say, I went to my room... We don't specifically say, I went into my house, into my bedroom of the house. You know right, what I mean? Right, but how many times did they say tabernacle in that section? They did when they were, when it was important. So like, it's not important it's anymore? It's not important anymore. Okay. It's probably just, like, part of it. Old hat. They also haven't mentioned the fucking pomegranates in ages. All right. When he had finished his sacrifices, David blessed the people in the name of the Lord of Heaven's armies. Mm-hmm. Then he gave to every Israelite man and woman in the crowd a loaf of bread, a cake of dates, and a cake of raisins. Well, that was nice. Then all the people returned to their homes. Okay. Okay? Yep. When David returned home to bless his own family, Michael, the daughter of Saul, came out to meet him. Okay, I think we're going to find out why she's mad. Okay. Okay, I'm really excited about this. <laughs> she said in disgust, 
How distinguished the king of Israel looked today, shamelessly exposing himself to the servant girls like any vulgar person might do. Oh, wow. Oh, she jealous. I mean, He must have been a good-ass dancer. Okay, look, he already had all these kids. He's married to how many women? And she's mad because he's dancing. Right? Not not because he's fucking a thousand women and married and having babies. Right, right, yeah. Because he danced for God. Yeah. Maybe maybe she's just expressing some pent up resentment. That's what I think. Over the other, you know, yeah, women that he's married slash slept with and everything. Mm-hmm. So she's not really mad. He was dancing for God because it looks like he might. I mean, based based on the dancing bit and mm-hmm. how mad she was, maybe he's thinking of expanding that that uh, harem that he's got going on. Yeah. So yeah. David retorted to Michael, um, "I was dancing before the Lord who chose me above your family and all his family." Hello. He appointed me as the leader of Israel, the people of the Lord, so I celebrate before the Lord. Yes, I'm willing to look even more foolish than this, even to be humiliated in my own eyes. But those servant girls you mentioned all indeed think I am distinguished. Oh, that was damn, not, that was not smart. the right way to say that. That is not how you make your woman right? feel yeah, better. Yeah, no. Like, mm-mm. Nope. Mm-mm. That's not good, dude. I'm glad that you know that. <laughs> like, if if I see you talking to a bunch of waitresses or something, not that right. that's ever happened in the history ever. of ever. Right. But if I did and I came up to you and I was like, I saw you talking with all those fucking waitresses, asshole. Yeah. You wouldn't be like, yeah, because they liked my ass. That's why. <laughs> like, no, that's stupid. What you uh. do if you're trying to, like be an understanding nice guy is be like okay clearly she's feeling insecure right so it is my job if i want to smooth shit over to be understanding of her insecurity and to reassure her and be like oh honey those waitresses are ugly or stupid or no actually i was trying to settle the bill right because they charged me 500 billion trillion dollars more than i expected yeah and i thought if i did a little flirty or something they might lower the bill sure But, no, I'm not going home with any of them, ever, ever, ever. I don't even want to kiss them because they're gross and also COVID. I'm coming home to you, my love. Right. Like, just reassure, you know? So, Michael, the daughter of Saul, remained childless throughout her entire life. The end. (laughs) (laughs) What the everlasting fuck? Okay, sometimes... I love the way I read this, if I may pat my own self on the back. (laughs) (laughs) It's just like, okay, I mean, but seriously though, like, you... you... Does that mean that he didn't ever fuck her? Does that mean that he fucked her but Ah, she was barren? Does that mean that God didn't like the way she was going off and so he was like, "Mm, no baby for you? Well, obviously, it's to show that he was right and she was wrong. Mm-hmm. He has the favor of God, and God's punishing her mm-hmm. by not having babies or something. Right, so. right. But what I want to know is, were the babies withheld by God or by David? No, it would matter, definitely, for sure. Because if he didn't fuck her, then that's why she didn't have babies. Right. But if he... Sounds like he didn't care much about hurting her feelings, so... Which is rude. She was the first one that ever truly loved him. And saved his ass, and really. And saved his ass... She and her brother Jonathan, remember? Yeah. That's why he's mad because Jonathan's dead and that was his real love. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) He's like, I didn't really want you, Michael. I wanted your brother Jonathan. Well, also, she saved him by putting, like, Mm -hmm. letting him escape and stuff. Yeah. 
and maybe he's uh, resentful that somebody other than God saved him. Right. And not only you that, know? but a piece of shit woman. Right. Like, yeah. no man wants to be saved by a woman. Maybe that was degrading to him. Probably was, because men are fucking stupid like that. Yeah, no, I agree. I they agree. have teeny tiny egos stuck in the, like, pits of their dicks. <laughs> oh, did a girl help you? Oh, you're so small. Yeah, so on that note, um, that was uh, 2 Samuel chapter 6, right? And tomorrow we will be back for 2 Samuel chapter 7, and I'll try to be less pissy. <laughs> All right, we'll see you guys then. Bye. Husband. Wife. Do you remember what happened yesterday? I remember that some dude tried to steady the ark when the oxen tried to tip it over and then the god was like uh nope. dead and maybe he punched him in the nuts because he's invisible on the throne i don't know i think that wasn't probably the important part you were supposed to remember but that's what but i remembered that did happen but the part you're supposed to remember i think is that david got all dancy and stuff and was like oh, yeah. i don't mind looking the fool for the lord right and michael was like you never look the fool for me right and then she, he was like you jealous and she was like god damn right i am so god was like boom baron bitch yeah yeah that was good stuff right yeah yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. god's such a nice guy mm-hmm but it all didn't right. sound like David was very appreciative of all that Michael no, had done for him. Not even a little bit. So, fuck God, fuck David, the end. Right. So that was Second uh, Samuel chapter... Six. And today we are doing... Second Samuel chapter seven. All right, let's go read it. Okie dokie. Okay, well, before I jump in first, I just want to say we are recording this on the night of July 4th, which is American Independence Day, and there are fireworks going off all around town, so apologies in advance if you hear firecrackers and shit like that in the background. We are not partaking. And also on a more somber note, there was a, uh, another um, mass shooting today. There was. I did hear that the guy um, who did done it was captured or not that he was captured so much as that he turned himself in so um that's great right and this isn't news and this is nothing like um that we know for sure but we did see some pictures of him wrapped in trump flags so right right. there's that also he's like really weird looking and apparently he's a rapper i don't know not that that has anything to do with anything exactly no but that with con- in conjunction with the Trump flags could mean a lot of things. No, so. it, no, not none of those things alone is necessarily indicative of anything. It's all together. Right, right. He's a rapper and a Trumper and a white guy and a weird looking motherfucker. And he likes guns, apparently. Right. I mean, yeah. And well, killing people. we don't know what the motive or anything was, but I think we can all imagine that it was nothing good. Right. Yeah. So anyway, I just thought I'd mention that since, you know, we did a special on the guns recently. Yeah, we uh, did. It just keeps happening. And here we are. Yep. All right, sorry, now on with the Bible. Right. God's covenant with David. That seems appropriate. Yeah. Okay. When King David, the dancer, was settled in his palace and the Lord had given him rest from all the... Wait, did they call him the dancer? No. Oh, you threw that in there. I threw that in there. Okay, no, I just, I I thought that's a neat way to refer to him, I guess. Dancing David? Yeah, Dancing David. Yeah, when King Dancing David had settled in his palace and the Lord had given him rest from all the surrounding enemies, not that they had won, the Lord gave him rest. Right. 
uh, the king summoned Nathan the prophet. You know Nathan the prophet, right? No, I don't. Well, there's this guy named Nathan, and he's a prophet. Okay. And he called him. Yeah. Look, David said, I am living in a beautiful cedar palace, but the Ark of God is out there in a tent. Yeah. Why Nathan. should I be living in a palace and that thing only gets a tent? It's just, it's an inanimate object with important shit on it. So. Right. I could totally carry it in, but right. I'm not going to. I'm right. just going to sit in here and bitch on Twitter. I mean, some dude died on the way here when he touched it, so I don't really want it next to me, but so am I supposed to leave it out there? Can I bring it in? Should I bring it in? Yeah, I guess Am I going to die? Will is, you touch it before I touch it? This is probably more of like a Facebook post than a Twitter post. You're yeah. right. You're right. Right. Nathan replied to the king, go ahead and do whatever you have in mind, for the Lord is with you. No matter what, huh? I guess. I He's mean. like, it sounded to me like Nathan the prophet is like, you do you, boo. Right. <laughs> I'm out. <laughs> but that same night, the Lord said to Nathan, go and tell my servant David, this is what the Lord has declared. Oh. Are you the one to build a house for me to live in? I have never lived in a house from the day I brought the Israelites out of Egypt until this very day. Wait, hold on. That's <laughs> not entirely true. They literally said that the tabernacle is the place where the Lord lives. Mm-hmm. But that's and not now, a house. Okay, but it's a tent. It's cl- okay. A tabernacle okay. is not a house. All right, fair enough. It's a big tent. But it, okay. It's a fancy tent. All right, all right. It's all nicer right. probably than any house we ever lived in, but it's still a tent. All right, all right, fine. I have always moved from one place to another with a tent and a tabernacle as my dwelling. Fair enough, fair enough. You should have let me finish. I should have let you finish. Yet, no matter where I've gone with the Israelites, I have never once complained to Israel's tribal leaders, the shepherds of my people, Israel. I have never asked them, why haven't you built me a beautiful cedar house? That is true. He has never asked that. He has never asked that. He has smote a lot of motherfuckers, but he has has never asked for a house. Especially a cedar one. Right. Yeah. Now, go and say to my servant, David, this is what the Lord of Heaven's armies has declared. So just to be clear, you want to stay in the tent? That's that's correct? That's what it sounded like, but he's about to finish his sentence. I don't know. I took you from tending sheep in the pasture and selected you to be the leader of my people, Israel. I have been with you wherever you have gone, and I have destroyed all your enemies before your eyes. Now I will make your name as famous as anyone who has ever lived on the earth, and I will provide a homeland for my people Israel, planting them in a secure place where they will never be disturbed. Evil nations won't oppress them as they've done in the past, starting from the time I appointed judges to rule my people Israel, and I will give you rest from all your enemies." Furthermore, for how long? Furthermore, (laughs) it's not specified. Furthermore, the Lord declares that he will make a house for you, a dynasty of kings. For when you die and are buried with your ancestors, I will raise up one of your descendants. It's Jesus. No. Your own offspring, one of your descendants, your own offspring, and I will make his kingdom strong. Oh, so he doesn't say how many... Like, so this is where the prophecy mm-hmm. maybe kind of comes this from or something? This is Nathan's prophecy, yeah. Ah. Uh, yeah. And, but it doesn't specify how many, you know, generations down the no, road it's going to happen. Just one of his descendants. Mm-hmm. So. He is the one who will build a house, a temple for my name, and I will secure his royal throne forever. 
I will be his father and he will be my son. Oh, wow. If he sins, I will correct and discipline him with the rod like any father would do. I'm going to beat that motherfucker on a cross. Right, yeah. But my favor will not be taken from him as I look at, as I took it from Saul, whom I removed from your sight. Your house and your kingdom will continue before me for all time and your throne will be secure forever. That's a hell of a prophecy. Right? Like that is a... That's some strong shit right there. Well, he's like saying, I don't want a fucking house. One day, your one of your descendants is going to build me a whole fucking nation house. Sounds to me, because I know that there was a lot of like possible prophets back in Jesus' time. Mm-hmm. Sounds to me like this bit in the Bible right here. Got added everyone's in. like, well, no, no, no. But it sounds like they took this bit and they're like, dude, that sounds like a pretty good deal. I could be the son of God. Yeah, like, yeah. I'm, I, I think I'm related to David. Like, dude, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go... Take this like, shit. Mary, Mary, aren't you related to King David? Right. Let's make this sound good, guys. And Mary's like, you know what? I just found out last night. Oops. I got knocked up. Right. Yeah. And it wasn't Joseph's. Yeah. So definitely, if we it just make it sound like this is just God. This is definitely Jesus's. Right. This is Jesus. Yeah. Totes. Totes. Yeah. I did but not I mean, fuck around. I'm just saying, like, this... Obviously, people took this part of the Bible pretty seriously mm-hmm. back then. Nothing else out of it, but yeah, they got and that then it one. And it turned into a whole other fucking mm-hmm. type of religion, essentially. Mm-hmm. Crazy. So Nathan went back to David and told him everything the Lord had said in this vision. So mm-hmm. King David's like, I don't give a shit about all that Jesus-y future stuff. I just wanted to know if I should build him a house. Right? Yeah. Cool. Then King David went in and sat before the Lord and prayed who am I, O Sovereign Lord, and what is my family that you have brought me this far? And now, Sovereign Lord, in addition to everything else, you speak of giving your servant a lasting dynasty? Do you deal with everyone this way, O Sovereign Lord? No. No, he doesn't. Didn't you see all the smiting <laughs> he did? What more can I see to you? God, you know what your servant is really like, Sovereign Lord. Because of your promise and according to your will, you have done all these great things and have made them known to your servant. How great are you? You are. How great you are. How great you are. Yeah. How great you are. Mm. Oh, sovereign Lord. Sovereign Lord. He's saying that a lot. Sovereign Lord. Sovereign Lord. There is no one like you. We have never even heard of another God like you. I Mm. call bullshit on that one. Yeah. What other nation on earth is like your people, Israel? What other nation, oh God, have you redeemed from slavery to be your own people? You made a great name for yourself when you redeemed your people from Egypt. I mean, did he, though? I don't know. They didn't really, like, indicate that they thought that very right. much. And, right. and even still, I think there's still some wishy-washiness going on. There's a lot of wishy-washy. I'm just saying. Yeah. You performed... Oh, this is David still talking to God. Yeah, okay. You performed awesome miracles and drove out the nations and gods that stood in their way. Wait, are these miracles like the ones where he goes before them and kills the armies when he doesn't actually go before them and kill the armies? Well, that and he also, like, parted the sea. And, oh, yeah, and, okay. you know, he made Moses have um, water out of a stone. All right, and, and manna and all that kind yeah, of crap. Yeah, manna okay, and shit. Sure, sure, sure. You made Israel your very own people forever, and you, oh Lord, became their God. Do you remember when he was ready to give them up, like, you know, nothing? Yeah. Like, he was like, you and guys kind of suck. 
And Moses was um, like, wait, wait, yeah, wait, wait, Moses wait. Yeah, Moses begged him to keep them. Yeah. Like he, yeah. And he was like, I think these people suck. He, because they did. Yeah. <laughs> Let's be I'm clear. just saying, like, you know, yeah. he's giving them an awful lot of praise here, but he was ready to ditch them. And David like, totally. didn't know. David wasn't there. I guess, but, you know, it's and, in it's I mean, in the book of, uh, you know, Well, we whatever. have the luxury of reading back Moses. over this. No, it wasn't the book of Moses, just the first five books, right? Right. So this Moses, shit hasn't been written down but yet. Moses, right, but mo- technically... The book of Moses was already written because it was mm-hmm. by the tabernacle. So he could have. And Moses um, did talk to God and try to keep him from smiting all of Israel and, and right, leaving them. Right, but the book of instruction is inside the ark. Right, it's but don't not you think like, that oral histories would be handed down? It's not like David got to read all the juicy bits that we get to read now. Well, okay. I'm just right. saying. All right. And now, continue David to God, O Lord God, I am your servant. Do as you have promised concerning me and my family. Confirm it as a promise that will last forever. Confirm it. I mean, if God tells you something, don't you just be like, cool, cool, cool. I mean, I don't know. He he changes his mind an awful lot. I might want a little bit more. Are you going to challenge this motherfucker no, that smites no. people willy-nilly? Or are you just going to be like, sure, okay, yeah. I mean, David seems to be um, in pretty good standing with God. He has nice according, hair. According to what they're saying. So. He has nice hair. Yeah, well. David with the good hair and the dancy feet. I thought, I didn't think, was he, I didn't think he they was one of the good ones with good hair. They all have good hair. Well, but I thought specifically it was Saul and it, Samuel. It was Samuel with the good hair and David with the dancing feet. Mm, okay. Anyway, David continues, and may your name be honored forever so that everyone will say, the Lord of heaven's armies is God over Israel. Yeah. And may the house of your servant, David, continue before you forever. Oh, Lord of heaven's... This is a long-ass prayer. (laughs) Oh, Lord of heaven's armies, God of Israel, I have been bold enough to pray this prayer to you because you have revealed all this to your servant, saying, I will build a house for you, a dynasty of kings. Technically, wasn't he told this by Nathan the prophet? Uh Uh-huh. So, like, he heard this prophecy mm-hmm. secondhand from somebody else uh-huh. who, as far as we know, has could never... just be blowing smoke up this dude's ass. Yeah, has never been mentioned I'm before. I'm just saying, like, I, right. why do they trust these other people that are prophets? Well, if somebody is dubbed a prophet, I'm going to assume that they did other prophetizing things that made sure. them have that name. But do you think that... No prophet ever, ever abused their position? Oh, I'm sure they did. But as long as they were still on the side of God and their prophecies came true, then, right. you know, they were deemed good. Right. But, like, you got a new king, right? Mm-hmm. And he's like, tell hey. me, Tell me what's up. Yeah, tell me and, the news. And he's, like, killing people that are doing things he doesn't want them to do. Wouldn't you mm-hmm. be like, I'm going to tell this guy some really good shit about himself. Yeah. Because he's, he's going to like that. And, and then he you know? might not kill me. He might not kill me. And he, yeah. and, and he might think highly of me sure. after this. Yeah. And so David is like, I like what I hear. I'm going to go pray goodness. And Yay, then, thanks. And there's also Great. no way you can prove this prophecy wrong because yeah. it's, it's down the line, you know? Exactly. Whatever. I don't have to worry about exactly. it. Exactly. So David is, David is down on his knee saying, that thing that I heard from that dude Nathan? Yeah. This is cool, cool, cool. Thank you, right. man. Yeah. For you are God, O sovereign Lord. Yeah. You are God. Right. Your words are truth, and you have promised these good things to your servant. And now, may it please you to bless the house of your servant, so that it may continue forever before you. For you have spoken. And when you grant a blessing to your servant, O sovereign Lord, it is an eternal blessing. The end. But God never actually spoke to him. Right. He spoke to San- or to um, Nathan. Nathan, yeah. So, 
I mean, maybe he'll speak to him in the next chapter, but technically he never actually spoke to David about this whole thing. But David believes Nathan because... Right, Nathan... I get it. But this is a big deal, man. Like, you're not going to just, like... I. Well, he's not going to be like Saul and go visit the fucking Witch of Endor. Right, right. He's he's believing in what he thinks is God's person. All right, all right, fine. I mean, it's not like he's just believing some bitch off the street, you know? Right, I mean, it's an actual quote-unquote prophet. So right, whatever, it's somebody who is believed to be a godly person who speaks of God. Right. So, just, you know. It's not like his brother came and told him this and... It's true. It's you know, true. it's out of the blue. Yeah. All right. Fair enough. So... I mean, now you're putting me in the position of fucking defending a goddamn prophet. Really? No, I just, I'm, Thanks I, for that. Thanks just, for that. I just don't know that I would trust a secondhand message, even if it was a prophet. That's all. Okay, but you are not in the position to ever believe a prophet ever anyway. Well, that's true. That's very true. Like, this guy is back then where if, if somebody is deemed a prophet, they are to be trusted. I suppose you could look at it like a weatherman, right? Right. Like a weatherman is going to be right a lot of the time, but yeah. not all the time. Yeah. Um. So you, you, but enough that you trust that if he says it's going to rain tomorrow, it might rain tomorrow. And you if know? he says gonna, that gonna, a tornado is coming and they set off the fucking alarm, right? You're going to go down to the basement, right? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. All right. We'll, we'll, we'll look at the prophets as weathermen then, I guess. Like, maybe right? maybe a thousand years from now, people will be like, how the fuck did those people trust weathermen? That right, makes no right. damn sense. Yeah. It's like they treated them like prophets or something. <laughs> See what I'm saying? Right. All right. Well, that was Second Samuel chapter 7. Yes. And tomorrow we will be doing... Second Samuel chapter 8. All right. We'll uh, see you guys tomorrow. Bye. Husband. Wife. Do you remember what happened yesterday? Some dude named Nathan did a prophecy for David and told mm-hmm. him that his family's like kick ass and shit. Right. Is that basically the gist of it? Well, I mean, there was a little more. Like, um, David was like, we should build um, a house for the tabernacle or bring that shit inside my house or something. And right, then right. Nathan told David that God was like, I don't need a fucking house. What the fuck's wrong with you? Right. And then David did a lot of praying and was like, God is great. God is good. Let us thank him for the food. Amen. <laughs> and it was like, yeah. Ugh. Okay. All right. So that, so that was last chapter. Yeah. That was Second Samuel chapter seven. Seven. And today we're going to be getting into Second Samuel chapter eight. Okay. But before we do that, we got a letter from a uh, fan of ours on our website and uh, they don't we didn't ask permission to read this, so we're going to do this as an anonymous reading. But we thought the letter was just really pertinent to read and beautiful, so we are going to share it. And um, I, I hope you guys take it the same way we did. It's uh, it's just really great. It so. really touched my heart the way it was written, and I might be um, adding some literal or literary license to it, but it really struck me as poetic, and so that's the way I'm reading it. And apologies to the writer if I'm doing it any um, misjustice or unjustice because I I just thought it was so beautiful right. and it, it really touched me so I have to read it the way I took it in my heart. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I am rudely taking your podcast name over overly. Let me start over. Oh, <laughs> I want to do this right because it's just so good, you guys. I am rudely taking your podcast name overly literally as a conversation. I don't want anything just to talk to someone and I am picking you. 
Twitter has suspended me permanently, no reason given, but like with God, I must have been bad. Facebook sucks, and people-wise, so do I. But I needed to say, after normal mass shootings, I'm angry, scared, numb. But after reading of the little boy whose parents were murdered, I just cried and cried even more when I saw that people were donating to help a little. It is no wonder people want a big daddy to take away their pain. But it fucks me off knowing that it is mainly those who claim there is a big daddy who are causing the death culture. Please don't get back to me, but keep doing what you do so people don't become Pontius Pilots and figuratively wash their hands of these deaths with thoughts and prayer. I very much appreciate what you do and I'm just a little in awe of your courage and commitment. That was, uh, yeah, that was a really great thing to receive. We were actually at your uh, parents' house tonight uh, getting a sermon from your mother at the dinner table when that came through. It so was it such was... a touching thing to read right when I kind of needed it. Yeah, no, I <laughs> and... mean, you literally spent all last night up because of the whole shooting and, and everything else, just everything that's going wrong with the country right now and, and what have you. So Yeah, so I, I want to say thank you to the person who took the time to write this. And I want to tell yeah. you, I feel the way you feel. You're not alone. I think we all feel this way. And I'm just going to leave it there because I'm coming to tears now. And <laughs> I don't I don't want to cry. This was a beautiful, beautiful email to receive. Thank you. Yeah, definitely. All right, now we're going to go into... Um, 2 Samuel chapter 8. All right. Okay, 2 Samuel chapter 8. All right. David extends his kingdom. Is he going to extend it? He's extending it. That's what's happening, huh? Yeah. Okay. After this. After this? The prayer of Oh, the prayer. The prayer, that's right. That is awesome and wonderful and spectacular. Got it, yeah. David defeated and subdued the Philistines by conquering Gath. Subdued. What exactly does subdue mean? I mean... Did he, like, he got them all in arm, arm bars and, like, they're all on the he, ground like, he, you're subdued, motherfucker. He got them to stop fighting <laughs> and then he conquered them. And then he conquered them. Okay. Gath, their largest town. Okay. Okay. Yeah. David also conquered the land of Moab. Mm. Nice. Well, I thought huh? that... Okay. All right. He made the people lie down on the ground in a row. Yeah, he subdued them. Yeah. And he measured them off in groups with a length of rope. Okay. He measured off two groups to be executed for every one group to be spared. Damn. What a motherfucker. Right? The Moabites were spared. The Moabites who were spared, sorry, became David's subjects and paid him tribute money. Mm. So... He took them over and then taxed the fuck out of them. Like Hi, we asshole. just killed all of your friends and family, but now you owe us money, too. Pay up, bitches. And also don't rebel, because then we'll kill you, too. Right. David also destroyed the forces of Hadadezer, son of Rohab. Re- what? what? <laughs> Rehab? I was, I was trying to say Rehab and Rohab at the same time, ah. and it's neither. It's Rehab. Rehab. Okay. King of Zobah. When Hadadazir marched out to strengthen his control along the Euphrates River. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So he kicked those asses. Yeah. David captured 1,000 chariots, 7,000 charioteers, and 20,000 foot soldiers. 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 You're having trouble talking tonight. I am having problems. Yeah. Foot soldiers. Okay. Got it. 
He crippled all the chariot horses because the horses. Why would you? Why would you do that? What the fuck? They were very evil, bad horses. He kept the people because he said seven thousand charioteers, right? Mm -hmm. But he crippled the fucking horses. What? I mean, the horses would be like easier to retrain than the charioteers. Yep. Okay. He crippled all the chariot horses except enough for one hundred chariots. I don't understand. I don't know. That makes no fucking sense. I would never cripple a horse, and I don't even fucking like horses. Right. There's no fucking reason for it. No. When. Arameans from Damascus arrived to help King Hadadazir. David killed 22,000 of them. Jesus. What a murderous fuck. Well, I mean, they were fighting each other, so okay, I mean, I guess, but, but still. you know. Right. Then he placed several army garrisons in Damascus, the Aramean capital, and the Arameans became David's subject and paid him tribute money, too. So he's collecting taxes all over the fucking mm-hmm. place, huh? Sounds like America. <laughs> I mean, isn't that what we do, right? Well, I mean, something's got to keep the, you know, shit running. It's not running real well right now, I'll grant you, but, you know, you can't not pay taxes. Oh, I'm not saying, um, like, the mean people have to pay taxes, but then we go out and we, like, quote-unquote conquer other little peoples and make them pay taxes, but they don't get a vote. Yeah. You know, like Puerto Rico, say, okay, okay. or, right. you know, isn't the island of Guam another of our little yeah. territories that, you know, we fuck over and... Yep. yep. Yeah. You got See? It. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So the Lord made David victorious wherever he went. Yeah, the Lord did. Mm-hmm. David brought the gold shields of Hedadezer's office... Office... Officers. Not yeah. offices. They didn't have offices Right, back yeah. Then. <laughs> Thinking like cubicle with a... <laughs> Desk and fax machine <laughs> and whatnot. David brought the gold shields of Hadadezer's officers to Jerusalem, along with a large amount of bronze from Hadadezer's towns of Teba and Barathai. You know, I have to say this because gold is actually a pretty soft metal. Mm-hmm. A gold shield would be only sort of functional. Like, I mean, <laughs> yes, it would work. And but heavy. Like, yeah, but like if you got struck, if it got struck, it would bend like easily so well i'm imagining like if you had a shield of play-doh maybe you get stabbed but <laughs> like your the sword gets stuck in the shield mm. and you're trying to like yeah. pull it out you know right yeah, yeah. when king toy toy t-o-i toy sure toy toy let's just go with toy okay well i just didn't want to say toy because that sounded silly whatever when King Toy of Hamath heard that David had destroyed the entire army of Hadadezer, he sent his son Joram to congratulate King David for his successful campaign. I wonder if this is a good idea or not. Probably, Probably not, not. Because David does not like He's messengers. In, yeah, he doesn't. He doesn't like foreigners very much either. Right. Hadadezer and Toy had been enemies and were often at war. Joram presented David with many gifts of silver, gold, and bronze. Well, that'll do some, you know. That might help. That might help. Well, yeah. he might take all your shit and kill right. you anyway, yeah, though. Yeah. King David dedicated all these gifts to the Lord, as he did with the silver and gold from the other nations he had defeated. Okay. From Edom, Moab, Ammon, Philistia, and Amalek. Okay. And from the Hadad- And from Hadadezer, son of Rehob, king of Zobah. Jesus, that's a mouthful. <laughs> So David became even more famous when he returned from destroying 18,000 Edomites in the Valley of Salt. Wow. He placed army garrisons throughout Edom, and all the Edomites became David's subjects. So in he's just fact, creating, he's creating a military, like, stronghold, mm-hmm, like, he's everywhere. He's being, like, Rome and just spreading out. Yeah. In fact, the Lord made David victorious wherever he went. 
Of course he did. Yeah. You know. David is the shit or whatever. Right. But he's a dick, remember? We oh, remember I know. that he's yeah, a dick. I remember. Okay, next section. David's officers. Okay. They get Do their they have own gold little... shields? I they must. Well, they I'm, took them all, right? Well, I mean, maybe they just got the gold. So David reigned over all Israel and did what was just and right for all his people. Joab, son of Zariah, was commander of the army. Jehoshaphat, Jehoshaphat, son of Ahilud, was the royal historian. Ooh, they got a historian. Mm-hmm. Zadok, son of Ahitub, and Ahimelech, son of Abiathar, were the priests. Sariah was the court secretary. Okay, so this is like minutes. This is of offices. <laughs> right. <yeah. laughs> I was wrong. They did have cubicles and desks. <laughs> Benea, son of Jehoiada. I'm really sorry, you guys. Yeah, names. Was captain of the king's bodyguard. And David's son served as priestly leaders the end. Okay. And so that was that. That they, they killed a lot of people. They took over a lot of land. They set up some garrisons. And then they, they have, you know, secretaries and shit. They made offices. <laughs> yep. That pretty much sums up that chapter. Okay. All right. So <laughs> that was a real simple, uh, yeah. Straightforward. That we pretty much is what it is. killed people and moved in our desk. Uh, it seems like the way this, you know, this whole Second Samuel book so far has been pretty straightforward. Like, yeah. Yep. David's winning. And then he still wins. And mm. he's king again. And he's all these things again. And, and his, God and loves more. him. God, he loves God. Yeah. God loves the fuck out of this guy, man. Yeah. Like yeah. he's, shh, him and God, they're tight, man. They are so tight. Mm-hmm. Don't come between David and God, y'all. And don't ever be a messenger. Right. Well, unless you bring silver and gold. Right, and congratulations. Just don't bring heads. That's not a, no. Don't bring heads and, yeah, don't take it upon yourself to murder somebody else. Right. Just be like, you're awesome, I love you, here is prizes. You know, I have to say this real quick. Mm -hmm. We never know how to end a fucking podcast. We're at the the end of our podcast and we always ramble on about all kinds of stuff. We're like, and then we're like, how do we end it? And then we're just like, we kind of look at each other and we're like. (laughs) And done. And done. (laughs) Husband. Wife. Do you remember what happened yesterday? Uh, it was David's killing people and then hiring a secretary. Basically, yeah, but don't forget that he maimed horses, too. Oh, yeah, that was right. For no reason. Yeah, that was stupid. I Like, agree. I mean, you could, they're, I mean, you own them. Like, why <laughs> would you maim them? I have no That's idea. Dumb. But, um, apparently I'm... Reading the Bible with an agenda, and I can't possibly understand. So right, right. I, I yeah. don't know. Right. I think it was a dumb plan. But it was a dumb plan. The fuck do I know? Right. So anyway, that was a short chapter, and that was Second Samuel chapter eight. Eight. And today we are doing Second Samuel chapter nine. Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay, let's do it. Okay, Second Samuel chapter nine. All right. David's kindness to Nephibosheth. I'm always kind of Nephibosheth. <laughs> you are. Yeah. <laughs> I'm feeling very Mephibosheth today. Is that what you're feeling? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So one day, David asked, "Is anyone in Saul's family still alive? Anyone <laughs> to whom I can show kindness for Jonathan's sake?" Because even Saul's a prophet. Is even no? Is even Saul a is prophet? Is even Saul a yeah, prophet? Right. But. He wants to show them kindness for Jonathan's sake. Oh, okay. Like, 
Yeah, your fucking wife, Michael, asshole. <laughs> right? <laughs> she's, she's still alive. Yes, yes, and um, you're mean to her. Right. Dumbo. You're, yeah. He summoned a man named Ziba, who had been one of Saul's servants. Eh, are you Ziba? The king asked. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, sir, I am, Ziba replied. The king then asked him, Hey, is anyone still alive from Saul's family? If so, I want to show God's kindness to them. Aside from my wife, because fuck her. Yeah, yeah. Fuck <laughs> Michael all the way to Mars. Ziba replied, Yes, one of Jonathan's sons is still alive. He is crippled in both feet. Oh, is that the one that they dropped? Yeah, they dropped his ass. They dropped him and yeah, crippled him. This, okay. Okay. So there is a reason they mentioned them, I guess. In parentheses, boys. Right, yeah. <laughs> like two chapters ago. Yeah, they're like, we're going to mention this guy later. Keep keep paying attention to him. Keep his name in the Something's back of your mind. Happen. Wink, yeah. wink, wink, wink. Where is he? The king asked. Uh, in Lodabar, you know. Yeah. Ziba told him. At the home of Makir, son of Amiel. You know, that yeah, guy. that guy. So David sent for him and brought him from Makir's home. His name was Mephibosheth. He yeah. was Jonathan's son and Saul's grandson. Okay. And, um... Let us not ever forget that David and Jonathan were madly in love, and that's why he wants to know <laughs> if any of Jonathan's family is still alive. Didn't they take the kid and run because mm-hmm. David was killing people from Saul's group? No. Oh. They, that was that happened way before. Okay. All right. That was just an aside. Okay. All yeah, right. it had nothing to do with David. Got it. When he came to David, he bowed low to the ground in deep respect. Probably because he was scared he would, right, you know, die. Am I a messenger? Yeah, <laughs> I'm about David, to lose my head here. David does not like lose messengers. My head. Sorry. Lose your head. Okay. Yeah. David said, "Greetings, Mephibosheth." Mephibosheth replied, "Yeah, I am your servant." Of course he did. Don't be afraid. David said. No, do be afraid. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> I I have been reading about you. Right. And, Dude, You're not always nice, dude. You are not a nice guy. And you just never know. But but I intend to show kindness to you because of my promise to your father, Jonathan. Okay. And, and also, wife added, because I loved him deeply. Yeah. It said they had an intimate it relationship. It did, it did. And I know what I think when I say the word intimate. I know what you think when you say intimate relationship, too. <laughs> <laughs> I will give you all the property that once belonged to your grandfather, Saul, and you will eat here with me at the king's table. That's nice. Mephibosheth bowed respectfully and exclaimed, Who is your servant that you should show such kindness to a dead dog like me? A dead dog. You dead dog. The hell? That's what I'm going to call you. I wonder if dead dog is like a um, term that they would have used for somebody who was, you know... Crippled? Crippled in the Bronze or Iron Age. I don't know. But next time I'm pissed off at you, I'm going to call you a dead dog. Are you? You dead dog. Mm, Yeah. Then the king summoned Saul's servant Ziba and said... I have given your master's grandson everything that belonged to Saul and his family. You and your sons and servants are to farm the land for him, to produce food for your master's household. But Mephibosheth, your master's grandson, will eat here at my table. Mm. Okay, parentheses voice, ready? Okay, yep. Ziba had 15 sons and 20 servants. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Ziba replied, Yes, my lord the king, I am your servant and I will do all that you have commanded. And from that time on... Mephibosheth ate regularly at David's table like one of the king's own sons. So hold on a second. Just he he 
sent other people to go work this guy's land for him, mm -hmm. and he just ate with the king all the time. Yeah. So, like, he didn't have to do anything. He was just wealthy. Yeah. And then also got free food yeah. and shit and, like, yeah. lodging at that place maybe yeah. or something. Yeah. Wow. It's a good deal. That is a good deal. You don't even have to do shit. You just, yep, I'm rich over there. I'm rich over there. Okay. Mephibosheth had a young son named Micah. Okay. From then on, all the members of Ziba's household were Mephibosheth's servants. And Mephibosheth, who was crippled in both feet, lived in Jerusalem and ate regularly at the king's table, which is literally the fucking sentence that we just read. Right. Yeah. The end. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Jonathan's son eats at David's table and he Whee! has Saul's land now and everything's good and wonderful and, and rosy. Isn't it grand? Uh, yeah. It is great. That I have land. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Well right, done. Yeah. All right. So that was uh, that was sick and the second Samuel chapter nine. Sickening Samuel chapter nine. And tomorrow we will be doing sickening Samuel chapter ten. Sorry, this was sickeningly uh, short. Short, but yeah. uh, that's that's it. That's it. That's all we got. All right. We'll see you guys later. Bye. Husband. Wife. Do you remember what happened yesterday? Um, no. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Sorry. <laughs> you just came right out with it. I remember it was really fucking short. It was really fucking so short. it was, And yeah. David was like, oh, I wonder if any of Saul's people are still alive. Oh, that's right. Besides my wife, Michael, whom right? I so don't like. Right, that's so fucked up. I'm like, your yeah. wife. Your, dude, your wife. Your wife. The fuck? But no, Jonathan's son, Mephibosheth, yeah. who was dropped when he was a child and became crippled. Um, I feel like still, that should be like a verb or something. Right? Mephibosheth. Mephibosheth. He, he's alive. Duh. Yeah. I Verbit. totally, I totally Mephibosheth that. Yeah. It could be like getting dropped, yeah. you know? Yeah. And you drop your coffee, I Mephibosheth it. Damn it. Mephibosheth <laughs> that again, didn't I? And so now Meshibbeth. He's got a lot of land now and shit, and like people working it for him, and he's eating at the king's table. That's all that happened. Yeah. Yep. Okay. So that was Second uh, Samuel chapter nine. Correct. And today we are doing what? Second Samuel chapter ten. Let's go read this shit. Okay. Second Samuel chapter 10, the defeat of the Ammonites and Syrians. They get defeated. They get defeated. Okay. It's going to be defeating for them. Yeah. Sometime after this. After this, when, um, when Meshibbeth got his land and ate at the king's table, huh? Yeah. Sometime, sometime after, after that, that, King Nahash of the Ammonites died. Yeah. As people do in this book. As they do. And his son, Hanan, Hanan. Hanan. Yeah. Hanan. Hanan. Became king. Not Hodor. <laughs> Hodor. <laughs> um, David said, I'm going to show loyalty to Hanan, just as his father Nahash was loyal to me. Okay. He's loyal. Yeah. I had a hard time with that. Yeah. So he's going to go do he's that. Gonna be, yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. So David sent ambassadors to express sympathy to Hanan about his father's death. That was nice. It was nice, and it's a good thing that it didn't happen the other way because you just never know what would have happened to those ambassadors. Right. Since David yeah. is not keen on them. I mean, he only he, like, like we said, he's only keen if you bring him ahead. 
No, he's only not keen of you wearing him ahead. Well, yeah, that's what I meant. That's what I meant. Yeah. Sorry. But when David's ambassadors arrived in the land of Ammon, the Ammonite commander said to Hanan, their master, do you really think these men are coming here to honor your father? No. David has sent them to spy out the city so they can come and conquer it. I mean, he is conquering a lot of fucking people. Yeah. like So, like, I don't completely begrudge them for thinking that? No, he literally, we we just got done reading about how his um, kingdom expanded. But the shitty thing is, and I'm just guessing here, but the shitty thing to me is that he's probably going to be like, how dare you question my um, intents and now I shall conquer you. Right. And it will justify him conquering them even mm-hmm. though. Even though. And it's like, fuck you, man. That's, that's dumb. You could just be nice and be like, right. no, 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 no. Yeah, right? I I could be wrong. I could be wrong. So Hanan seized David's ambassadors and shaved off half of each man's beard, cut off their robes at the buttocks, and sent them back to David in shame. Damn. He shaved half their beard and I mean that's kinda funny at their butt. That's kinda funny. And he's like, get I mean, he didn't kill them. No, he just made them look look silly. Well look, now that he did this, made them Mm -hmm. look silly. David's yeah. going to kill them. David is going and to kill them. I'm like, I don't know that shaving someone's beard is worth war, man. Right? Like, to me, that's just funny shit. You were just clowning, and now y'all going to get conquered. Right? When David heard what had happened, he sent messengers to tell the men, stay at Jericho until your beards grow out, and then come back. Yeah, don't be coming home looking like a clown. <laughs> stay over there. <laughs> no clowns allowed. <laughs> we don't We don't take well, kindly to clowns. He can't have his people coming back being... Um, you know, they were... The laughing stock. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah they, they were made to look like fools. By a foreigner. Yeah, no like, that fools. can't happen. We do not like foreigners making our people look right. like we, fools. We don't want to show the weakness, you know? Mm-mm, mm-mm. He's not down with the weakness. For they felt deep shame because of their appearance. Yeah. They, I can imagine. They looked stupid, all right? Yep. <laughs> I mean, let me ask you this. Like, okay, you don't have a beard, but let's say that the next time you went to get your hair cut, that... The hair cutter person cut half of your hair off, and I totally own that shit. And also, <laughs> also you know I they, would. You know I would. They cut your pants so that your butt was hanging out. Okay, I might not own that shit. <laughs> but but the but, hair, I could handle the hair. But could you imagine me saying, "You better stay over there in Centerville." <laughs> or Oxford or wherever. No, no. <laughs> you stay over there till your fucking hair grows out. Nope. And also get your pants in order, my dude. No, no. <laughs> I mean, I'd run down to Walmart and get me a new pair of pants and then, I, you know. I literally, like, one time I split my pants and I literally stopped at um, Dollar General <laughs> yeah. to pick up some sweatpants because that's... Because it was, like, the only place on the way. It was the only place on the way. and. Yep. I bought me some sweatpants, and that's what I wore that day, because what you gonna do? Right. (laughs) When the people of Amon realized how seriously they had angered David, they... When the people of Amon realized how seriously they had angered David. I mean, what did you fucking expect, you guys? Right. He's a lunatic, and you just, you know... Pissed him off. Pissed him off. So, yeah, I mean, if you were going for that, that's what you were going for, I'm assuming, because you did it. so. So, when the people realized, ooh, we did... The thing that we did, we did it. Oh, no. Right. Um, they sent and hired 20,000 Aramean foot soldiers from the lands of Beth Rehob and Zoba. Because they're like, we going to war. <laughs> we going to war. <laughs> 1,000 from the king of Makkah. Makkah! And 12,000 from the land of Tob. 
Okay. That's a lot of dudes That's they hired. That's a lot, yeah. But you know what? Hired hired um, mercenaries. mercenaries don't fight as well they as homegrown ones. So. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. When David heard about this, he sent Joab and all his warriors to fight them. Yeah, he did. He's yeah. like... Sorry, I was drinking some delicious coffee just then. What kind of coffee are you drinking? Well, so it's not official yet, but we actually have our, our own coffee website now. Do we? That I'm going to be setting up like special um, subscription plans for our listeners. But mm. it's ungodlybrew.com, and every purchase, there's a portion of it that goes to the Freedom From Foundation, Freedom, wow, Freedom From Religion Foundation. So if you want to go check it out, ungodlybrew.com, guys. Okay. Yeah, sorry. Shameless plug there, but yeah, hey. it is delicious though. It I is delicious. I this love is our it. first yeah. cup tonight that we're having. Right. And yeah, it's pretty good. good. Shit. So, anyways, See back to war. <laughs> <laughs> the Ammonite troops came out and drew up their battle lines at the entrance of the city gate. How do you do that? You drop your battle lines. Um, we're standing here, and we are going to war I, I you. It's not you're not drawing them. You're just they're the commanders are like line up here, guys. So they're lining up. Yeah. So they're they're doing it. They're going right. to line up. Yeah. While the Arameans from Zoba and Rehob and the men from Tob and Makkah positioned themselves to fight in the open fields. Okay. Here, it's coming. They're warring. I mean, They're obviously. the war. Yeah, because they shaved some dude's fucking head. And cut his and shorts beard. off. And whatever. They, but, like, they didn't kill them. I'm just, no, I, I, I got I got to lead with that. Because, like, they he, didn't kill them. They just merely embarrassed them real bad. Right. And, and I'm sorry, but can you imagine, in this day and age, starting the war because you're fucking embarrassed? Yes, because men have egos stuck the size of their wieners. Their egos are, are <coughs> so oh, tiny. I was drinking that, that coffee so fast it went down the wrong tube. Oh my gosh, <laughs> are you okay? I'm good. <laughs> <coughs> I was trying to get it all down before you started stop talking so I could respond. Oh, well, and then it didn't work out so well for me. Don't so, do that. Yeah, I mean. So anyways, men have little teeny tiny dick egos. Yeah. And yeah. you make them look stupid, they will kill your ass. I mean, I'm not going to kill your ass for making me look stupid. No, I'm just I'm saying, going to own being stupid and then do. just go with it. I love it. Like, you fall down and we laugh at you and you just hop back <laughs> up and you laugh with us. That's the only way to go. I mean... If you don't let somebody make you look stupid, then you win. I think that the best comedians out there are the ones that can laugh at themselves. The self-deprecation is big. So then know? I must be one of the best fucking comedians out there. I wouldn't go that far. <laughs> I, I didn't say you're a comedian. I oh, said oh. I said that the best comedians are able to ah, do that. Okay. All right. That is a skill you possess. Were you ever to go into stand-up? Right. But that's not I'm to say... I'm merely a podcaster, so... You would not make it as a stand-up comedian. No? I do not think you would. What about a sit-down comedian? Perhaps. Okay. Perhaps. Right. I, I think I'll go on the Lazy Boy Tour. The Lazy Boy Tour. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. When Joab saw that he would have to fight on both the front and the rear, he chose some of Israel's elite troops and placed them under his personal command to fart... To, to fart? fart? <laughs> no, no, that is incorrect. <laughs> to fight the Horamians in the field. Yeah. He left the rest of the army under the command of his brother Abishai, who was to attack the Ammonites. Okay. Okay, so they're fighting on both fronts. Yeah. Because With they lots look of people. stupid. Lots of people. Because they look stupid. Because somebody look two people look stupid. Because two people look dumb. Yeah. <laughs> so embarrassing though. <laughs> I mean, I'm just saying, like, one time, um, when I was in fifth grade, this um 
this hummingbird was in our classroom. Mm. It was amazing. And it buzzed right by my head. Yeah. Like it flew by. Right. And I turned around real fast. And I turned around so fast that I farted. <laughs> and that was so embarrassing. I wanted to die. And how do you own that? I yeah, mean, if I you're a guy, know. guys don't give up. Fuck. Right, right. But if you're a girl, you're not supposed to fart. And right. So I Especially died. Especially back in the 80s. Yeah, I, I died. Mean, no farting in the 80s for girls. No, girls do not fart in the 80s. <laughs> not and live to tell the tale. I suppose it's probably a lot the same today, but I don't know. I'm not in the schools these days. I mean, I don't remember a lot of things from that time period, but that is one of the things. It, yeah. it will never escape me. So, I mean, I know what it feels like to look stupid, but. I mean, I to be fair, to I didn't exactly want to fart in class either because. Nobody. You, had, you had you had to be prepared if you're even if you're a guy, you had to be prepared to own it. And I was pretty shy, you know. So I was like, nah, I'm good. But still, I'm not gonna fart. You gotta let that slow trickle come out, you know. Okay, like, I didn't know it was coming. No, I, I know, I know. No I, idea I, I, get it. I had to. That fart. one caught you by surprise. But I'm saying in general, like if I had to fart in class, yeah, I'd be like, okay, let's just squeeze this one out well, real slow. Obviously, that's the yeah. way we all do it. Right. I would think. Yeah. And then it's just a smell, right? So like, then it could be anybody. <laughs> it could be anybody. Yeah. And if you. You don't the the person who dealt it smelt or the person who smelled it dealt it right. So you, so never, you just gotta not speak up, right? Yeah, ever. If you don't speak up, you're good. Yeah, that was my theory. Yep, yep. Yeah. If the Aramans are too strong for me, then come over and help me. Joab told his brother. And if the Ammonites are too strong for you, I'll come help you. What if they're both too strong for each of them? Be courageous. <laughs> is the next line. <laughs> Be courageous. Let us fight bravely for our people and the cities of our God. May the Lord's will be done. Yeah. They're like, whatever happens, happens. Right. Is We're going to go to war now. And apparently, since they didn't cover it, if they're both too strong, they're just fucked. They're just fucked. Right. Right. When Joab and his troops attacked, the Arameans began to run away. And when the Ammonites saw the Arameans running, they ran from Abishai and retreated into the city. After the battle was over, Joab returned to Jerusalem. Mm. Okay. okay. That was easy. That was easy. Yeah. I was like, there's a lot of running. Okay. Okay. The Arameans now realized that they were no match for Israel. Right. No shit. The whole, we conquered the whole fucking continent didn't do it for you, huh? Right. Yeah. Okay. Maybe you shouldn't have, you know, shaved them and shit. Or, or <laughs> at least if you were going to do that, don't. Don't come to them with a fight. Right, yeah. Don't go hire an army. and Like, maybe you should send, like, an immediate apology. Like, hey, we got a little carried away. It was a drunken night of, like, just brawl. And, we and, took you know, it whatever. wrong. We took it wrong. Yeah. We are so sorry. We really fucked that up. Yep. So when they regrouped, they were joined by additional Aramean troops summoned by Hadadizer from the other side of the Euphrates River. These troops arrived at Helam under the command of Shobach. Shobach, the commander of Hadadezer's forces. When David heard what was happening, he mobilized all Israel, crossed the Jordan River, and led the army to Helam. Oh, y'all so dead. Yeah, yeah. The Arameans positioned themselves in battle formation and fought against David. But again, the Arameans fled from the Israelites. Arameans sucked back then. Yeah, they seemed like they'd do a lot more running than fighting. Mm Mm-hmm. This time, David's forces killed 700 charioteers and 40,000 foot soldiers, including Shobach, the commander of their army. Did you say 70,000 charioteers? No, 700 700. charioteers and 40,000 foot soldiers. That's a lot. That's a lot. That's a lot of dudes. That's a lot. 
When all the kings allied with Hadadezer saw that they had been defeated by Israel, they surrendered to Israel yeah, and became their not, subjects. I mean, yeah, but like, how did you become his subjects? Did he, you know, measure you off with ropes and kill two thirds of you? No, they just became their subjects. Okay. They didn't, so he didn't have to like. They kill didn't off become prisoners. No, they didn't become prisoners. They just became subjects. All right. All right. After that, the Arameans were afraid to help the Ammonites. The end. Yeah, I'd yeah, be afraid I mean, too. Sure. Fair. Fair. But dude, just, like, why would you fuck with David? Why would you fuck with David and, and or the Israelites or anything to do with them, honestly? I'm sorry, but, like, based on how much fighting he's been doing, mm-hmm. you can't be in that general vicinity and not know dudes conquering a lot of fucking people. And he does not like to be messed with. Right, because some dude from your fucking tribe wandered off and was like, whoa... They're fucking killing a lot of people over there. You had to have got the news. Right? Like, it, yeah. It just sure. doesn't make any sense. Somebody ran away from one of those battles and was like, oh my god. They are badass. We can I, need like, to never can fight I hang them out ever. here? Because they, they just slaughtered us over yeah. there. Yeah. Yeah. Somebody, so they knew. They, they knew. fucking knew. They knew and they did it anyway. Right. But you know dumb. what? They were probably as sure that God was on their side as the Israelites were sure that God was on their side. Right. Because everybody thinks that God is on their own side. But I just want to point it out because, you know, David is, according to the Bible, on God's side, right? Mm-hmm. David went to go kill people because mm-hmm. they embarrassed two of his people. Right. Two people got fucking embarrassed and he goes to war and kills tens of thousands of people. Sure. Two fucking people with bad haircuts. Meanwhile, we've got uh, Brittany Grimer, uh world-class athlete stuck in Russia and we can't get her out. Yeah, that's crap. <laughs> that is crap. I'm just saying, like, I'm not saying that David is in the right here, but comparatively speaking, it's just interesting to me right. that it, at least he stood up for his guys. Yeah, I guess so. I'm not saying that he was right to go to war and slaughter entire nations. Right. At all. That's the opposite extreme. Yeah. The opposite but, extreme where we're doing nothing. But look, look. Would you be okay if we killed, you know, 47,000 people no. to get Brittany Grimer back? I literally just said I know, that's I the opposite extreme. Right, 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 right. I'm just saying. So, like, but but this is God saying it's okay, essentially, because sure. God and David, right? They're tight. Right. So, so God is like, hey, dudes, so it's cool. Go kill them because they gave you bad haircuts. It sounds like if you are Christian, you should be following David's example and going to war with Russia to get our Brittany back. Or standing out great clips and giving everybody that gets a bad haircut fucking, you know, go to war with them. Yeah. Some, or something. Okay. I don't okay. know. No, it'd be the other way around. You want to go to war with great clips because they gave you a bad haircut. I don't want to do that. Great clips has not ever done me bad. I mean, we can't have a siege around great clips? No. Damn it. They've want... never done me wrong. I, I me either. I'm. I mean, I. I don't need to go pay like hundreds and hundreds of dollars because I'm just not that person. Right. So no, they've they've done me fine. Whatever. I go in. Sure. I get my hair cut. They're fine. Yeah. Never been embarrassed. Okay. Well, so, no, no sieges at Great Clip then. Don't go to war with Great Clips, y'all. That's not what I'm advocating All over right, there. Fine. And so, also, I'm not saying let's go to war with Russia. I am just saying we could maybe do a little bit more to get our Brittany Grimer back. Sure. So anyway, that was uh, 2 Samuel chapter 10. That was. Okay, and today is Friday, so that means that tomorrow is our Q&A. That is correct. And 
Sunday is our weekly replay. As well as our book club. Oh, yeah, that's right. How's that yeah. coming? Um, I am about halfway through where I need to be. So you got some cramming to do. So I got some cramming to do, but okay. I will get it done. All right. And it is just as interesting as the first section. And then on Monday, we're going to be back with... Second Samuel chapter 11. All right. We will see you guys tomorrow for the Q&A and the rest of the weekend. So, yep. bye. Bye. Husband. Wife. It's Q&A Saturday. It is. Do you know what we're queuing? Uh, I actually have no fucking clue. Well, I picked a few different questions throughout this last week. Okay. So I've got a couple of different topics that I cover from um, 2 Samuel chapter 6 through 10. Okay. Nothing particular, just a few different things that we had. A few different things. Questions about. Let's go uh, find out what these few different things are. Okay. And then answer them. Yeah, and then answer them. Yeah. All right. So my first question um, comes from Second Samuel chapter six. Okay. And our big source of contention in that chapter was why the fuck did God get so pissy when um, one of the people reached out to study the ark as it was being transported? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then it was like, "You <clears throat> shall not touch me ever, die, motherfucker." Yeah, that made no fucking sense. Well, actually... Actually? Actually. I call bullshit, but okay. I know. know. Transporting the ark on a cart was specifically against God's command. I never heard that before. You did, though. Did I? You did. Oh. Yeah. Um, The ark was designed to be carried by man, Mm. and way back when it was composed, that was stated. Okay. And it was specifically only to be carried by Levites of the family of Koath. Ah. So... Yeah. Okay. We actually did hear that rule laid down, and David um, disobeyed that. So, well, then why isn't David in trouble, too? But, because David didn't touch it. No, that's lucky for him. It was fine when it was being carried, but then somebody touching it was like one too many. Okay. But here's the thing. I don't know if you recall, but back in First Samuel, the Philistines transported the ark on, on a, a cart. cart. Yeah. Right. But they got away with it because they were Philistines, and God expects more from his people. Israel was to take their example from God's word, not from the innovation of the Philistines. This sounds like a bunch of bullshit, just concocted. I mean, sure, okay, sure, sure. okay, so they they had a fucking rule. Mm-hmm. All right, but it just sounds like a bunch of bullshit. And why did only one person die? There's a whole, well, He wasn't the only person transported on a cart. But he's the only <clears throat> one that touched it. Right, to save it from falling over. But... That's being presumptuous that God couldn't have corrected his own self or whatever. I just. I'm telling I don't you know. what the apologists say. Okay. The apologists say it was a rule, it was laid down, and um, they might have got away with just getting it on the cart from here to there. But then when somebody touched it, just like when the other people, um, Israelites, opened it. Mm-hmm. To see what was inside. Yeah. And they all melted. Yeah. This guy wasn't supposed to have done that. It's he wasn't supposed bullshit. to. Totally agree. God being a stickler for that particular rule was shitty. Yeah. But having said that, there was a rule. Okay. So Fine. there's that. Fine. Okay. Yeah. 
So then remember how David reacted with fear and anger and he was like, that's fucked up. And then he was like, oh shit, I'm scared of God yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. So um, the reason that he left the ark with Obed-Adam, that fulfilled God's word because Obed-Adam was a Levite. Okay. So he left the ark with the family that was from the tribe of Levi that God commanded to carry the ark and take care of it. Okay. So that was from back in numbers. I got to I got to say so this is like 3 400 years after all this shit, right? Mhm. <clears throat> We're our country's been around for like 3 or 400 years. Mm-hmm. How do you keep track of who's who, especially without like, you know, ancestry.com? I don't know. I'm not here to answer that question. I know. I'm just saying like it seems like a difficult task. No, no? I totally agree. That's all. I'm not saying whether this is right or wrong. Okay? No, I know, I know. I'm here to answer that question as to why this, and the answer is that. I'm just pointing out how ludicrous it all sounds. Sure. You know, totally that's ludicrous, ridiculous, <clears throat> foolish, stupid, if yeah. one might even go so far as to say. Right, right. So, okay, remember in Second Samuel when we got all bent out of shape because David hamstrung all the chariot horses. And yeah. And we were like, what the fuck? Yeah, it was crap. What did the horses why do you, ever why do? Why did you do that to the cow? Yeah. So this was a military necessity and he wasn't just being um, cruel to animals. Because uh, okay. he couldn't care for so many horses while they were in the middle of a military campaign. Ah. And yet he also couldn't give them back to the enemy. And so they were going to starve to death anyway. Okay. So... All right. He lamed him. All right. That sounds... That's better than just... I mean, like... Right. Can't you give us... Like, okay, you're, you're telling this huge story, right? Can't you give us just, like, that little bit of, amount of detail mm-hmm. in the Bible? Mm-hmm. Instead of, like, just leaving us thinking that he just killed 7,000 fucking horses? And it didn't even say killed. It said he <clears throat> just kneecapped them. Or, right, yeah. You know, yeah. lamed them. Right. Like, why can't you just say real quick, hey, he was in the middle of a thing, he was busy... Um, rather than let these horses starve to death or um, set them free right. to be, what, I don't know, um, marred by um, wild animals or something. Right. He put them out of their misery right quick and killed them. Right, right. I mean, that would, that would, still not it cool, still been cool, but, but it would have been, at least sense. there's an explanation behind it. Right, right. And, and I don't know that that's a factual explanation. That's just the explanation that I sure. found as an answer why. And that, that sounds legitimate enough. Sure. So I'll buy that I'll, one. I'll buy that one. Okay. So remember in um, 2 Samuel a bit later on when um, David was like, is there anyone left who is from the house of Saul that I can show him kindness for Jonathan's sake? Aside from Michael. Right. Besides Michael. Yeah. Because Michael is just a, a bitch in his right, eyes. Yeah. And plus... A woman. Yeah, why would you honor her? So it was customary in those days for the king of a new dynasty to completely massacre anyone connected with the prior dynasty. Oh, damn. Right? Because obviously they present a threat and, yeah, you know, not only that, but in order to show off your power. Of well, that kind of is what they've been doing, sort right. of, too. But David remembered his relationship and covenant with Jonathan. Yeah. So he wanted to... Not pay that. that off, right. yeah, Got and it. and also because he was still in his God is great, God is good phase, and he's like, um, you know, I want to show the goodness of God, and how do I pass that on to other people? Right. So that was part of it too. Okay. So remember how um, 
the one guy was like, hey, there's still a son of Jonathan who's lame in his feet. Yeah. So that was um, Mephist... I keep wanting to say Mephistopheles (laughs) or Mephisto from the MC universe of characters. But no, it's Mephibosheth. Mephibosheth. And that was Jonathan's son. And he got Mephibosheth. Yeah, and remember he was made lame in his feet from the accident where he was dropped when... They heard that his father, Jonathan, and his grandfather, Saul, had died in battle. That's specifically when he was dropped and handicapped. Yeah, because they were running away. Right. And the nurse had gathered the boy and fled in haste at that news. You Um, told me I was wrong when I said that the other day. I probably did. (laughs) I I don't always know. I thought he was, like, killed way... Or I thought he was hurt... Way after that, mm. or way before that. I don't know. Okay. But no, you were right. I was wrong. Okay. Sorry about that. No, that's all right. Um, she rightly feared, <clears throat> the, the nurse that was carrying him, rightly feared that the leader of a new royal dynasty was going to execute every potential heir of the former dynasty. Okay. So she picked him up and was like, oh, fuck, we got to go now. Yeah. And so um, the thing is, is that Mephibosheth, had the right to the throne uh-huh. as the son of the firstborn son of the king, right? So he was literally the next heir in line. Got it. And so all the other potential heirs were dead. So the nurse was like, this is really terrifying. Yeah. And that's why she picked him up and fled and accidentally dropped him. Yeah. No, I got so it. in a political sense, David could see Mephibosheth as a rival or a threat. Right. But instead, he was like... No, I'm going to pass on God's blessings and also, while doing so, pay off my covenant with Jonathan. Got it. Got it. And so remember, this was the one question that we specifically had. Mephibosheth was like, I'm just a dead dog. Why do you, why are you being so nice to me? And we were like, dead dog? Was that like a saying or something? What the fuck? So apparently... Um, that was a saying, and a dead dog was equivalent to a worthless and insignificant person. I mean, that's kind of the same meaning it has today. Right. I mean, the connotation was there, but... Like, it's not a common phrase that's used, but it's right. still... That is actually, you know, used to this day. Right. <laughs> to this day. So Mephibosheth didn't feel worthy of um, David's um, generosity. Got it. Because he'd spent... All those years, since his childhood, he spent all those years in hiding from the king and living in fear and poverty. And, like, think about this. Like, David had to learn about Mephibosheth. Mephibosheth. Whatever his name is. (laughs) From um, just some random guy. Yeah. Like a guard in his um, council or whatever. Right, Right, right. So, I mean, this kid was literally in hiding. All his life. Yeah. To where nobody even knew he existed. It's a good thing nobody decided to go get his head for uh, David. Right. Well, that's why he was like, oh my God. And threw himself on the ground prostrate and was like, you know, "Um, you're awesome. I'm not worthy. Like, that's why. Because he was like, I'm about to die. Right. For real. Right. Right. So it was amazing that David didn't kill him. Not only that, but he returned... Like, remember we were like, God damn, he's just giving him all these lands? Yeah. Those were actually David's lands. So he was restoring David's lands to David's son. Got it. So that's why 
he got all those lands. But yeah. then on top of that, he got to further eat at the table with David. And so really, he restored those lands to David's son. But then that was just for um, David's son's family. Right. So I thought that was kind of interesting. Yeah. Um, so then remember when we were like, what the fuck? Why, why is this so ridiculous? When... Um, um, Hanun. 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 Okay. Okay. So remember, David was like, "Oh, you guys lost your king. That's sad. I'm gonna send some ambassadors." Oh yeah, the ones that got their fucking beards shaved half off. Half off, and and their their butts hanging out of their yeah 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 yeah. Yeah. So we were like, "What the fuck is that about? That's silly." That shit was funny, right? Well, in that culture, many men would rather die than have their beard shaved off because a clean-shaven face was the mark of a slave, and free men wore beards. And furthermore, great value was placed upon their beards, and it was considered a man's greatest ornament Hmm. to the point that um, it was the greatest insult to cut it off or to cut it half off. Interesting. They would swear by their beard. And wow. in matters of great importance, they would pledge it. And they would redeem the pledge at the hazard of their own lives before they would give up their beard. Wow. Yeah, their beard meant a lot. So it was like a greater insult even than just making them look silly. Gotcha. Okay. And so cutting off their their clothes at their waist yeah. was more than just making them look silly. Okay. It was also exposing the degradation of their nakedness because remember... You know, Christians hate... Yeah. These weren't Christians yet, obviously, because this was pre-Christianity. Right. But nudity was, like, so fucking taboo that they'd rather die than show their nuts. Right. And that was a great, great shame. Plus, even further than that, it showed off their circumcised penises, and they were in the land of heathens. Mm. So they would have looked totally ridiculous there and made me totally fun of by everyone who saw him was like look at your funny looking dick oh my god your dick is so funny looking and we all know how much guys like to have their dicks made fun of right like not at all because (laughs) guys have the egos the size of a dick right which generally speaking isn't very much right right so their their egos are just fragile little wiener dogs Mm -hmm. yeah so um when they and when they insulted the ambassadors they might as well have been insulting the kings i still have to say that i don't think that uh having your dick shown off and cutting off half of a fucking beard is worth killing forty thousand people right but hey no i totally agree with you but we're also looking through our eyes today of what that means right like I'm trying to think of what insult would be equivalent to that in today's times. Killing people. <laughs> probably. Probably. But back then, I mean, they were basically sending right. just more than just a middle finger. Sure. You know, they Not were nice. just sending the greatest of all possible insults. Right. And they were saying they were basically inviting him to war. Sure. So and people back then were barbaric and, right. and fucking stupid. Yeah. And David took the bait. Right. And was like, "You want to be dead? I will dead you." Oh, well, more importantly, more importantly, God took the bait because David right. is on God's side. That is true. So I just want to make sure that that's clear. That is true. God supports David, so God so, did not have to let them win that battle. No, I totally agree with you. 
So that is the list of questions that I was able to come up with an answer for you from chapters 6 through 10 okay. of Second Samuel. Did you learn a thing? I learned some things there, yeah. Did you, I always learn some things on these. Do you feel learned? I don't know if I feel learned. I feel more learned. Do you feel more or less annoyed than you did prior to this? That's a tough question because, honestly, <laughs> it's all stupid. It's all stupid. But, um, Only the horse one The horse made one sense. redeemed some... Yeah, that, that redeemed And even that is questionable because I'm not sure I believe that. Right. Plus, I mean, then there was the thing where I got proven right about the thing I said in one of the last chapters. Fuck off. So I like that bit, too. Fuck off. I said you were right. (laughs) I was wrong. You don't have to keep rubbing it in. You were asking. You were asking. So So anyway, do you find this a satisfactory Q&A? I am satisfied with this Q&A. Okay, then let's out. All right. See you guys. Bye. Husband. Wife. It's the Sacrilegious Book Club. Awesome. And we are talking about Asimov's Guide to the Bible in our continuing journey through the book of Genesis. In the Asimov's Guide to the Bible. Yes. That, yeah, the book club thing. The book club. Okay. Yes. So you ready to go book club it up? Yeah, we're doing pages 33 through 48. All right, let's do this. Okie dokie. Okay, so we are picking up with um, Cain and Abel. Okay. Okay, that's our first section starting on page 33. Those loving brothers, got it. Loving brothers. <laughs> so the word Cain comes from the Hebrew Cain, which means smith. Okay. As in metal smith. Okay. As in worker smith. Sure. Okay. And... Um, the word Abel comes from the Hebrew hebel or hebel, which means a puff of air. And I'll get to that in a minute of the difference between the two. Sure. Okay. okay. So Cain was a farmer. Okay. Right. And he um, was also a smith, a metal smith. I did not know that. I did not either. But um, for the sake of knowing that, let, let's say that we did know that. Okay. And... Obviously, smiths are necessary for uses in metals, in ornamentation, and for weapons for hunting and warfare. Killing brothers. Killing brothers. Right. No, he killed him with a stone, didn't he? I think so, but still. Right. Um, Artisans and positions of honor and importance um, were granted to smiths. Yeah. They were like uber importante. Okay? So... um, uh, something else that we should know is, I'm going to get into this a little bit more later. Okay. That um, a lot of these names of the the kids and the begats and whatever, yeah, they're actually less about people and more about lands and groups of peoples. Hmm. Okay. Okay. So um, Tubal Cain is one of Cain's eventual sons yeah. or whatever. Yeah. Right. Um, what that actually meant was the Smith of Tubal, which is oh. a district in Asia Minor. Interesting. Okay. And um, they produced superior weapons and were likely the founders of metallurgy, that area. Huh. Okay. okay? Um, 
Now, remember I said able means a puff of air? Yeah. So, we've got a smith, which is a city um, kind of skill. Right. Right? Um, Settled and all that. Yeah. Civilization. Right. Versus the briefness and instability of the nomadic way of life. Oh. Against the steady push so of the farmer. So, Cain and Abel is kind of like a story of the rise of the city, essentially. The rise of the city versus the nomads. Yeah. Right. Because Abel was a herdsman. He was a nomad. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So you're following where I'm going here. Right. Right. So we've got the farmer versus the nomad. And these histories were written from the perspective of the peaceful farmers and city dwellers. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Versus the nomads who were ruthless and bloodthirsty barbarians and raiders. Obviously. Right. Yeah. So Cain's jealousy of Abel is likely in part, quote, a remnant of some nomadic lament over the all encroaching tentacles of settled civilization. Okay. End quote. Okay. Okay. Um, The example that he gave, that Asimov gave in the book was to think of the Wild West cowboys versus right. the fenced-in farmers. Yeah. And that even, like, brought to mind that song, Don't Fence Me In. Right, right. Right? Um, now, to bring it even further, um, I was trying to think of some modern-day examples of what this might be. Yeah. Hollywood versus Wall Street, right? We've got Hollywood is the wild versus, you know... Wall Street is about the money and and settle down, blah, blah, blah. Or art degrees versus the stable careers. Definitely, yeah. The business degree versus the the, um, uh, liberal arts degree. Exactly, exactly. So those are things that you might compare the two. Right. And and Just for the record, I'm a fan of the liberal arts degree. Oh, same here, same here. (laughs) But... It's very, I don't want to say controversial, but in many families it is controversial. Our own child is suffering that. In our yeah. household, um, our child wants to pursue a, not just a degree, but a career in the arts as a digital artist or illustrator. Right. And um, their their father at their other family house um, yeah. want them to go into business and to get a more stable career. Yeah. So, or join the army. Or, well, that's... Just saying. That was brought up. That was brought up, but that's not pertinent to this conversation. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, the these things still have a way of, of existing through time. Oh, yeah, definitely. So that was um, section number 10, Cain and Abel. Moving on, number 11 is Nod. Okay. Starting on page 34. Yeah. So Cain murders Abel, and then he goes on to dwell in the metaphorical land of Nod. Right. Which is east of Eden. Of course. Right. Yeah. Don't forget, Eden is not a garden. It's a city in which the garden dwells. Right, right. Okay? So, Nod is Hebrew for wanderer. Again. again, Nomad. Right. Right? Yep. So, it's funny because um, Cain was the farmer, the subtle guy. Then he became a nomad. Right. In the land of Odd. And... That that's kind of ironic, right? Is right, but I mean, I guess because he killed his brother, his punishment was to become what his brother was, essentially, right? right? Exactly, exactly, so, or whatever, metaphorically, metaphorically, you know, yeah. So, and Eden, of course, is likely Sumeria, um, okay, east of Eden, then the the city, yeah, the, the area 
would be Elam, which is southwestern Iran today. Okay. Okay. Yep. The story of Cain and Abel is likely a combination of, quote, a villainous Elam attacking a blameless Sumeria. Of course. As told by the Sumerians. Yeah. And a villainous farmer represented by Cain attacking a blameless nomad represented by Abel right. as told by the nomads. I mean, it's like any other story. You teach the people history and and when, when it's all spoken word, right, you teach mm-hmm. them history by metaphorical, easy-to-grasp mm-hmm. concepts. Mm-hmm. You know, like, so you, you, you break it down to an individual level and it's much easier to explain why this is good and why this is bad sure. and, and keep things very surface as far as what you're teaching i mean we we do that still today um we give metaphors um to try to like like what i just did right literally with the liberal arts versus sure the make it more relevant for who you're talking to Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. or whatever right exactly even for yourself yeah because if it's easier for you to describe something this way than that way then you know you do it that way so exactly we try to make it more simple for a general and broad audience and we even do that with math and word problems sure yeah so okay that's that section moving on to section number 12 which is enoch of cain Starting on page 35. Okay. Okay. So even though Cain was a farmer and then became a nomad, eventually he settled, married, and had a son, Enoch. Right. Okay. Yeah. And through Enoch, Cain had many descendants. Yes. Not going to get into those right now. Right, right. Will eventually probably. Beget, beget. Beget, beget, right. <laughs> um, likewise, or perhaps the basis of the Cain legend, pastoral Elam gave way to civilization. Right. I mean, as as does. Sure. So, yep. you know, Pocahontas eventually married John Smith. Well, I mean, like, how do, Disney you, movie. how do you give the oral dissertation of, and the world became... You know, right, like exactly, and especially in a time when you didn't have the internet, you didn't have even written word many most most of the time. I mean, there was Sumerian cuneiform, cuneiform, yeah, right. Um, but I mean, there wasn't much tracking of anything, right? You know, I so. mean, we're going to get into much more of that here in just a little mm-hmm. bit, sure. Um, but but that's Enoch of Cain, right? Okay. Mm-hmm. Next section thirteen, Seth. Which starts, again, on page 35. Okay. I mean, that was Adam's third son. Got it. So he had Cain and Abel, and then he had Seth. Right, right. Okay. Now, Adam supposedly lived 930 years. Damn. That's ridiculous. That is ridiculous. Obviously. These ages are part of the tales picked up during the Jews' Babylonian exile. Okay? Okay. So all of these um, were modified by the priests as part of the P-strand. As part of, oh remember the priestly the times the amount that the people lived mm-hmm. they were modified by the P strand huh mm-hmm. okay um, because um, I'm gonna get into this more in a little bit but a lot of these were Sumerian stories oh okay that were um, then picked up and corrected and modified by the priestly strands and a lot of okay. these stories we have to take not as how they were originally told or even as how they were originally gathered into writing. Right. We have to take how they were interpreted by the priestly hands that put them down. Wow. 
Okay. Okay. That has to do with geography. That has to do with the politics of the time. Right. Everything that we read in the Bible must be viewed through that context. I just, I just listening to just these first couple of chapters of this book, it mm-hmm. strikes me that if you are going to be a Christian or or Jewish or whatever, right, mm-hmm. that your church service, your pastor, should be more of a historian mm-hmm. than a than a. Uh, feel good fucker up there in front of you because yeah. like there's so much to understand exactly. and interpret about this that you if you really are digging into this mm-hmm. you should be really fucking digging into this you and should. they don't well it never occurred to me that these stories were <clears throat> a gathered from multiple sources i i, I kind of knew that right, I, I, right. that kind of makes sense but more that the stories are not to be viewed as they were originally told, but through the people who actually, and not even through the people who told them, and not through the people who gathered them and wrote them down, but the way we need to view them is through the people who put the most emphasis on molding them. Right. Because it would have been based on their understanding. Yeah. That, to me, is insane. Yeah. And that's where we get a lot of the geography from. Um, it's their understanding of geography. Right. Not the people from who preceded thousands them. thousands of fucking years ago. Right. But even at that, it's not from the people who preceded them. Right. Who no, came there before was this them. point in time, at yeah. some point, yeah. that formed the entire idea of what the Bible is. And it didn't come from exactly, it didn't come from exactly before the Bible. And it didn't come from after the Bible. And right. It was just whatever they perceived it to be at that one point in time. That's crazy. That's and, crazy. And, and obviously, and, and also, it got rewritten from them and mistranslated. Sure. So, like on top of that, right? On top like, of I that. mean, Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ, indeed. <laughs> so, um, the P strand um, during. Uh, I just can't. Every time you say P strand, I, I know you got to think for a minute. Yeah. The 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 P bit the p priestly bit the priestly bit yeah um during the middle ages the jews calculated the date of creation specifically (laughs) as october 7th 3761 bce okay really yeah okay during the middle ages they came up with that why um they came up with it based on um different dates not dates, but ages of people that were given yeah. in the Bible. Oh, and... so they're basing this on the Bible. Well, yeah. Okay. All right. Obviously. No, no, no. I'm, I'm yeah. just... Because I, I feel like that the people that were alive before that might have some questions for them. Right. To, right. What the fuck, man? <laughs> so, so that specific date is still used in calculating the years of the Jewish calendar. So the current year, which is 2022, yeah. would be... Um, the year 5,782. I like that a lot better. Right? I, I mean, no, you know what? We're not that fucking advanced. I'm sorry. No, no. We don't, we don't get the, the number 5,000. No. We, we barely started <laughs> evolving after the, after the, you know, 2000s. Exactly. Yeah, whatever. Exactly. Yeah, fuck off. Um, but I just found it interesting that that year is still what's used on Jewish calendars. Yeah. Today. Right. I think that we should start, like, this is all BCE, and we should start the zero day at when we abolish a religion. That (laughs) would be amazing. That would be fucking amazing. I'm just saying, like, you know. 
So Christian theologians date creation as occurring at 9 a.m. on <laughs> October 23rd in 4004 BCE. And that's where you get people like my dad, who are young Earth creationists, who believe that the planet mm. itself is only 6,000 years old. Oh, my God. Despite the many, many traces of things that we've found that show the Earth is actually millions of years old. On October 23rd mm-hmm. at 9 a.m. At 9 a.m. Okay. And I'm I not just, sure where that time came I from. I love it. I love it. They've got it down to a fucking mm-hmm. hour. Yeah. I'm like, that's one, two, awesome. three, go. Right? Yeah. Everything was created. One, two, three, go. That's amazing. Okay. It just doesn't, like, that doesn't even sit logically in my brain. Like, no. I can't even, I can't even, like, pretend to make that work. I know that people do. I just don't understand it. Like, I don't get it. I don't even want to have a conversation because it starts with a profound lack of science and education. Like if you say that to me, I just, I laugh and then I go, Oh, Oh, you were for real. Exactly. You you actually believe that. Right. Oh, right. We've got vast there. There's worlds. We're worlds apart. I'm sorry, but you need to go away. (laughs) Well, like we were at my parents' house for dinner, um, several weeks ago. And, um, I, Asked my dad, who, when I was a child, was very interested in science. Right. And we would read science magazines, and we would talk about space and the probability or potential likelihood of life having developed on other planets. Right. And asking the question, what does life actually mean scientifically and biologically? Sure. How would we know it if we saw it? It's, I mean... Very intense scientific questions. I, I, I wish I would have met these parents of yours that you Back grew then. up with. Yeah, Right, right. But yeah. And so I was talking to my dad about the recent um, UFO findings and yeah. reports that have been released from the Pentagon and, <laughs> and the um, pilots that have come on record finally yeah. as saying, yes, there are things in the sky that they don't understand yet. Right. And all of that. And my dad poo-poos all of that and says, well, I'm a young Earth creationist, so I don't believe in any of that. Let me just stop that right there, because (laughs) at the very... It's one thing to defend religion, right? Mm -hmm. But, like, to not even... Okay, let's say you believe in the young Earth creationists and you don't believe in aliens, you don't believe in any of that stuff. We're the center of the fucking goddamn universe, right? Mm -hmm. Okay, fine. But... Couldn't you at the very least be like, yeah, that's so weird. I, it's probably like the Russians coming up with, like, Something. can't you just give it some sort of an acknowledgement that it's out? Like, you don't have to, like, immediately jump to, I believe none of it because I am a young earth creationist. Well, that's my, my face kind of fell because, A, I was disappointed. Like, God, we can't even talk about this? Right. Holy shit. Right. But then I was like, but what is the age of the planet have to do with whether or not there are things in the sky we don't understand. Right. And I'm not here to say, for a fact, aliens exist, period, the end. Fuck, okay? maybe since the creation of Earth, maybe God got bored. I mean, we haven't really seen him around, and he went and started life on some other fucking planet, you know? I don't know. I, I'm i not even saying that, okay? I'm just <laughs> saying. I'm just saying. Because I don't believe in God. Right, no, I'm just, I'm, just I'm, I'm throwing that out there, like, as a possible explanation as to why there could be aliens, right? I just didn't understand what one had to do with the other. Nothing. What does the age of the Earth have to do with if there are things flying in the sky that we can't explain as of yet? Nothing. We being the average American, not um, people with a lot more scientific knowledge or top secret clearances or 
potential aliens. Yeah. I don't fucking know. Right, okay? right, right. So, yeah, that was just a strange conversation. Yeah. I, yeah. And and heartbreaking. Right. Because um, you, you realize that parent that you knew is, is dead and gone. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, I'm no, no offense. I'm no, just, it's you know, true. Like, um, I have two sets of parents. Um, there's the people that I knew when I was was a child who were very cruel but believed in science and then there's the ones that I know now who are very kind but very religious and horribly scientifically ignorant and right. anti-vax and it's a weird juxtaposition it is very I'm not sure which I prefer I right. most <laughs> days I think the abuse of parents might be better because at least they believed in science. Right. And why am I in that position of having to ask myself? It's a, it's a big mind fuck. It is a big mind fuck. So, okay, moving on. Yeah, sorry. Okay. Section number 14, Enoch yeah. of Seth. Okay. Starting on page 36. All right. Okay. So we've got 10 generations of Adam through Seth that are listed. Okay. And... Um, these are where we start to get into these children that are listed are actually different people. Oh, okay. okay? All right. Or not people. I'm sorry. Lands and um, tribes. Peoples. Yeah. Right. Right. Okay. Right. So the antediluvian patriarchs. Sure. Can you suss out what that means? Antediluvian, not anti, antediluvian, meaning, um, Post flood, oh, patriarchs would be the leaders of tribes. Okay, okay, so yeah, like yeah. A, a, the diluvian era would be the flood era. Got it. Okay, okay, because you know, diluvian. You know, got it. Yeah. Okay, so think think of the word deluge. You got know, it. Flooded. Okay. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um. So, and I'm sorry, I said post, but I meant pre. Ante diluvian would be pre-flood heads of tribe. Okay. Okay. Yep. So Seth and Cain lines have similar names. So um, it is suggested that perhaps these are a combination of the J and P strands. Okay. Um, because they they have very overlapping titles. Got it. And it just doesn't make a lot of sense. Okay. Got so it. So we're going to go with. That was just a just, bad recording sure, of sure. two different stories. Got it. Okay. Yep. So the long lives are likely from Sumerian legends. Remember I said that? Yep. And the writers of this section of the Bible cut down the ages to a more believable length over time. Over time. Wow. So um, More believable. They, they're more, not very fucking believable. But they're, the Sumerian people stories... The people lived for thousands of years. I mean, I just so, don't really see the difference between well, thousands versus... Well, no. What they did know. was they cut down these earliest ones to uh, about a thousand years, right? right and right. then you notice that each generation... Got a little smaller. The people got a little smaller and smaller and smaller, yeah. lived up until, you know, where they're more believable. Sure. That's what I meant. Okay. Okay. Right. They cut them down over time, over the generations. I got it. Okay. I got it. So what's interesting is that Jared, um, which is one of the descendants here. Yeah. Um, he lived 962 years. Got okay? it. Okay. Mm-hmm. You remember Adam lived almost a thousand years, right? Yep. yep. So Jared's son, Enoch, 
lived 365 years, whereas Enoch's son Methuselah lived 969 years. Okay. So he went to a thousand was Adam, and then um, we went. Um, Jared was 962, Enoch was 365, and then we went back up to Methuselah. I just assume maybe he got, like, murdered or fell off a cliff or something? No, 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 no. What happened was it it is suspected that maybe since Enoch um, was between two long-lived peoples, um, that 365 is an interesting odd number like what do we think of when a year we, right the cycle of the sun right? Yeah, right as it circles the earth yeah so it's suggested that perhaps this is like the remnants of some babylonian sun myth oh that okay kind of a little bit made it into the bible interesting okay okay um the post-exilic jews meaning after the babylonian exile believed yeah. that enoch was taken alive into heaven for his piety okay okay mm-hmm. so he's supposed to have been very god is great god is good and so god loved him so much that he took him early but he took him alive so enoch got it never died got it he just he's still alive right sure he's considered a prophet and so while he was in heaven Enoch saw past of future of past and future of mankind mm-hmm. and he wrote books that didn't make it into the Bible oh damn okay okay Enoch's prophecies are gonna be mentioned at some point in the New Testament in the book of Jude really yeah interesting right huh so that sounds um, like a great name for something Enoch's prophecies. Right? Right. Yeah, yeah. It sounds like a good name for a book of the Bible. Well, yeah, but I mean, like, just <laughs> Enoch, or the prophecy of Enoch. Right, yeah. right, yeah. Um, and again, his son Methuselah lived 969 years. I know I've said that a couple times sure. now. But Methuselah itself has become synonymous with long-lived. Got it. So, like, when you hear the name Methuselah attributed to anything, you understand that now to mean... This dude, this is somebody or something that lived a really long time. Got it. Okay. So the number of years is kind of irrelevant. Okay. Okay. Yep. So next section, number 15, Ararat, page 38. Okay. Okay. So this is where we start getting into Noah. Got okay? it. Okay. Noah was born about 1,056 years after the creation. Okay. And that's, again, based on... According to them... Genesis, or I'm sorry, the most of the people were had just died from the first round of people. Right, exactly, so, exactly. They, they, Adam just missed visiting with Noah. You know, <laughs> I mean, I'm just saying, like based no, on based true. on time frames here. It's true. It's so, true. Okay. So at about 600, at about age 600, yeah. Um, then came the flood. So this would have been about 2,400 BCE. Okay. Came the Great Flood. Yeah. Okay, the capital F flood. Right. Evidence does exist that somewhere about 3000 BCE, there were likely drastic floods of the Euphrates in Samaria. Okay. Likely accompanied by a sudden rise in water level. Sure. And um, that would have been of the Persian Gulf. Mm -hmm. And perhaps a large meteorite could have formed a huge tidal wave. Yep. So you've got all the rains, you've got the flood, you've got the tidal wave, and that would have swept the people upstream northwest toward Ararat. Got it. Okay? Mm -hmm. And I'll get into that in a second. Okay. Um, But that's, 
likely that would make sense the people of that time the world is flooded right you know there is a great flood yeah now now we're going to talk about um but one family survived okay right yeah so the flood story is likely based on a the sumerian story of gilgamesh okay which i think we all kind of have heard of that before right um he was the king of the akkadian town erak erak um, and he searches, Gilgamesh searches for eternal life, and he finds it with Utnapishtim. Yeah, that guy. Who was king of a Sumerian city at the time of the flood. Okay. Okay. So, um, Gilgamesh goes on to um, retrieve the secret of eternal life, um, gets all the things that he would need to acquire it, but then through some other series of tragedies, loses it and obviously doesn't Dies. attain right. eternal life. But... Be that as it may, that story precedes our Bible story of the flood. Got it. Okay. Okay. So clearly came from that, as did many Bible stories. Yeah. So a lot of people today um, think that Ararat was a specific mountain range because that's where uh, in the Bible it says that Noah's Ark came to rest on Mount Ararat. Right, right. But it was a region not a specific mountain range. Ah, okay. Okay. And it's referred to several different times in the Bible as an area or a kingdom or a land, not a specific mountain. Got it. Um, it's likely Urartu, Urartu. Okay. A kingdom during Assyrian times among the mountains of the Tigris and Euphrates in current eastern Turkey. Okay. So somewhere in that area is a bunch of mountain ranges. Sure. And um, that city, Urartu, ceased to exist by 612 BCE due to Assyrian attacks. Okay. Okay. But Assyrians, likewise, were simultaneously being destroyed by the Persians, who called that area Armenia. Okay. Okay. Yep. Interesting. Yeah. Um. The modern Mount Ararat consists of two ranges, the Great Ararat and the Little Ararat. And tradition incorrectly fixes Noah's Ark as resting on Great Ararat. And there are several expeditions sent to that mountain periodically to try to dig up the Ark. But they're probably not even looking on the right fucking mountain because they're basically stupid. Right, right. didn't even do the littlest bit of research that we are doing, which is sad because we are dum dums. <laughs> right. So now, as I'm flipping through my notes, yeah. you will see. What do you see, my dear husband? I see uh, Noah's descendants, table of nations. Yeah. I had to print out, separate from my notes, <clears throat> a list of Noah's descendants because I was getting so fucking confused. Oh, we were confused when we read it. Yes. Yeah. Ugh. yeah. So Noah's descendants, his three sons are Japheth, Shem, and Ham. Right. Okay? Yep. And then Japheth, I'm sorry, Japheth had several people who had more people. Yep. Shem had people who had more people, and then Ham had people who had more people. Right. Um, You said that it's referred to as the Table of Nations. This is specifically where it starts to count as... Tribes and peoples and countries and nations. Gotcha. Not individual persons. Yeah. 
By the okay. yeah, by the time you get down to the bottom, I see the the ites and stuff. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, that sounds familiar. Yeah. So here's where it gets a little bit confusing, but we're gonna confusing. <laughs> we're gonna do the best that we can. Okay. Okay. Yep. So next section is number sixteen, Ham, page forty two. Okay. Okay. So Noah's sons again were Shem, Ham, and Japheth. And actually, I've been pronouncing Japheth wrong oh. because the J is a Y. So it's Yafeth. Ah. Okay. Um, that matters later. Okay. Okay. So Yafeth. just keep that All right. in the back of your brain. Got it. Okay. So Shem's descendants occupied the Arabian Peninsula and northern regions, including the Tigris-Euphrates region. Sure. Okay. Okay. And... I'm going to break each of these kids down, each of these three kids of Noah, um, down into what they actually represent. Okay. okay. So Shem was in the Arabian Peninsula. Shem equals Sem, and that is the Semitic peoples. Okay. Okay. Yep. And the languages include Hebrew, Assyrian, Aramanian, and Arabic. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. Ham is considered the father of Canaan, mm-hmm. and his descendants occupied the corner of Africa adjacent to Asia. Okay. And the peoples are Hamitic, as opposed to Semitic. Got it. We've got Hamitic. Got it. Okay. Yep. The languages are Coptic, Berber languages of North Africa, and Ethiopian languages like Amharic. Um, got it. Okay. Okay. Yafeth's descendants occupied regions north and east of the Tigris-Euphrates region, and those peoples are referred to as Japhetic, or Yaphetic. right. Um, those languages are obscure northern mountainous regions of the Caucasus, ancient Persian, okay. and most Indian and European languages, which are now referred to as Indo-European. Got it. Okay? Yeah. So, I know that that was all boring, but... It, I promise it, it comes back and it, it's interesting. Okay. Okay. Um, I'm going to read a quote here from Asimov's book. Quote, some moderns seem to think that Ham, which was the Hamitic languages, represents the Negro peoples and that this chapter can be used to justify Negro slavery. This is the purest piffle. Neither Ham Canaan, nor any of their named descendants were viewed as Negroes by the biblical writers. Right. Okay. And I specifically wanted to point that out because today we still view that, not we, me and you, but many people today do view um, Ham as an excuse for slavery. And Asimov is here to say, absolutely fucking not. Right, right. That, so, that makes sense. I just wanted to make sure. Yeah, yeah. And apologies for any um, offensive use there of of a word that that I'm not familiar or comfortable saying. Right. Um, I was reading the quote, and I felt it was important in what he was saying was to negate that belief. Right. Right. So okay. Um, was not trying to be in any way insulting to anybody there. Right. Okay. Um, I just... Nope. Nope. You got it. Um, Next section, number 17, page 45. Okay. Um, The Yafeth. 
<laughs> you, had to, you had to correct yeah. yourself there. But. I did. Blah, 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 blah. Yafeth. Yep. He is the ancestor of the Greeks, often identified with Yapetus. Okay. And um, in Greek myth, Yapetus was a titan and was the father of Prometheus. Hmm. Who fathered the human race by molding them from clay. <laughs> by molding them from clay. Right, right, right. Right. That was one of the um, early versions of how... Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, You got Interesting. it. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. So, Yafeth fathered Gomer, Magog, Madai, Yavan, Tubal. We've heard that name before. Yeah. Meshech and Tiris. Okay? Yep. Um, this is why I had to print out that chart because these names i'm like wait who are we with now (laughs) okay so we're gonna talk about yafeth's child gomer okay gomer is related to gomeri sure or the sumerians not sumerians the sumerians with a c i not s-u sumerians okay um he who were wounded who wounded the Assyrians. Okay, they didn't defeat them, but they fought them, and and they did a good job of hurting them. Got it. Um, he fathered Ashkenaz, Rifath, and Togarma. Who cares? Right. Right. Yeah. Um, again, these are peoples, though, not persons. Right. Okay. Yep. Ashkenaz is the Assyrian Ashguza, which are the Scythians. The nomadic okay. tribes who drove the Sumerians, C.I., into Asia Minor. Okay. Magog, the land of Gog, or the Gygs, ruled the Lydians in Western Asia Minor, and they died in battle against the C.I. Sumerians. Okay. Okay. Madai is the Medes, inhabited the territory east of Assyria. Okay. So these, again, I just can't say this enough. These are not individual people right these are entire civilizations that we're talking about yeah yeah um yavon or javon is what i've always said but it's yavon um was from the greek ion or yon and he's from the yononian greeks and they migrated east to occupy islands in the Aegean Sea and coasts of Asia Minor. Okay. And father the following. Elijah, which is from the Greek, Alashaya, and that represents the island of Cyprus. Hmm. Okay. He also fathered Tarnish, which is a city in Spain, or else the Greek town Tarsus, which is 100 miles north of Cyprus on the southern coast of Asia Minor. Gotcha. Okay. Okay. Also, Kittim, which is Greek Kittian or Latin Sidium, which is the city on southern coast of Cyprus. Okay. So, we're naming off different... Um, when we say that Noah fathered these nations... Right. That's he fathered literally, these cities, basically. Yeah. And that's these... literally what they're saying. Like, Got it. This is a tribe of nations, not sons. Got it. Got it. Yeah. And one final one... Dodanim, which is Rodanim, which is the island of Rhodes, 200 miles west of Cyrus. Hmm. Okay. Okay. Now, 
um, we're going back up to another you know what who even cares who's related to whom at this point right um it doesn't matter honestly in the long run because if you were really interested in this chart you could print it out i went on google and just searched for yeah um noah's tribes or right um noah's ancestry or descendants right and they've already got them out there they've already got them out there right so tubal represents the tribes in asia minor okay meshech represents tribes in Asia Minor. And Tyrus represents tribes in Asia Minor, the Greek Tyrosoi who migrated to Italy and likely were the Etruscans. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Last section. All right. Number 18, Cush, page 47. Okay. Ham's sons were Cush, who are the Ethiopians south of Egypt, Put, which are the Libyans. Mm-hmm. Mizraim, which are the Egyptians, and Canaan, which, you right, know, yeah. the Canaanites. Sure. Another contradiction is that Cush is also described, just further down the same page, as father of the Arabian tribes. Okay. So, what the fuck, Cush? Um, it's unclear if there are two Cushes, or if he was misnamed, or what. What's interesting to me, the they're naming off the tribes that are kind of like... In Africa, it seemed like. Mm-hmm. And so, but when in the Bible, later on, they're fighting Canaanites up in Israel. Right. Which is closer to not Africa. I mean, it's, I guess it's close enough to Africa. Well, um, but it's still. I think that we're used to viewing the map as, quote unquote, up there. Right. And they're naming places, quote unquote, down there. Right. right. And we just have to change our frame of reference. Sure. Yeah, Africa doesn't necessarily mean... Like, they didn't know what a continent was back then, right? Right. So it was just an area in this general area. Right. And this would have been all um, in regards to where the cradle of life, you know? Where civilization is said to have sprung from. So it makes total sense. Yeah, it does. Having come out of Africa. Yep. So that is it for this section of the Bible... You'll be very excited to know that I stopped right before Nimrod. Oh, man. Nimrod. That is literally the next one that we'll cover. That is very exciting to me. Um, If you are reading along and want to play this game with me, next time I'll be covering pages 48 through 65 in um, still the book of Genesis in Asimov's Guide to the Bible. And those sections will be Nimrod, Aram, Babel, Ur of the Chaldees, Haran, Canaan, Egypt, and Pharaoh. Awesome. All right. Well, we'll see you guys next week with the next book club. All righty. All right. Bye. Bye. Hey, wife, I guess that's the end. But husband, that's just sad. It doesn't have to be. We are on lots of social media platforms like Twitter. Our handle there is sacrilegious underscore D. For D's nuts. Oh, my God. Stop doing that. Anyway, we're also on Facebook, Instagram, and Pinterest. There's a link to all of our social media sites at our website. Ooh, we have a website? Yeah, it's sacrilegiousdiscourse.com, where you can also find a link to our merch shop. We have a merch shop? Yep. We have podcast-themed clothing, mugs, notebooks, and more, as well as an atheist and science-themed products. Wow, our fans should really go check that out right now. Definitely. They can get in touch with us by sending an email to sacrilegiousdiscourse at gmail.com. But before they do that, we could really use some help. Oh, yeah? With what? 
Well, it's not free running the podcast, and we need some financial support in order to get better equipment, which will free up time so we can concentrate on our podcast and our fans. Okay, so what should they do? Head over to patreon.com forward slash sacrilegious discourse and sign up as a contributor on our podcast. Supporters there receive additional bi-weekly episodes that we record just for our Patreon members for as little as $2 a month. Also, we'd really appreciate it if you would like and subscribe on whatever platform you're using. And Apple Podcast Reviews help us out tremendously. Like and subscribe. Leave an Apple review. Join us on Twitter. Support us on Patreon. That's a lot of instructions. Don't forget to say thanks. Thanks. Okay, bye. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.